insurrection, obstruction, indictments, civilly liable for sexual abuse. The one man responsible for all that could be sitting in a prison cell on election day and still be elected commander-in-chief for these United States. That man is beholden to Putin, weakened NATO the last time around, and is currently tying himself to wealthy Saudi oil money. He enriched himself when government stated his property. He campaigned on wanting to use government to go after his political rivals and wants to expand executive power. If Donald Trump is re-elected, our nation is lost. So let's roll up our sleeves, get to work, and tell the MAGA folks, no more before it's too late. Welcome back to Little Man Radio. Welcome to the left. That's right. This is your host, Dan Berman, coming at you live from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's air code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. You can also join us live in the YouTube chat room. Go to liberaldanradio.com and go to the uh, live chat. Or if you go to liberaldan.com and click on the Liberal Dan Radio link in the first post, you'll go right into the live chat. Or if you go to Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter and uh, click on the post for today's show, it'll go bring you right to the show as well. Uh, if you're watch- listening on Blog Talk Radio, just come on over to YouTube as well. Uh, it's easier to deal with one chat room, so just come to that chat room as well. You can uh, you can still hear the show. You can chat with the people in there and just makes it easier just to do it, do it in one spot. Um, if you're listening after the live broadcast as well, you could always uh, leave your comments over at liberaldan.com or respond uh, on Twitter, uh, Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter. You can comment uh, Liberal Dan Radio on Facebook, uh, or you could always leave your comments at uh, liberaldanradio.com, which is the YouTube channel as well. Uh, on the episode thread. Shouts out to TVC Live, Silly Waka, Jeff Curry, Bill, uh, Nick, who are all in the chat room currently. Uh, if you haven't done so already, make sure to uh, smash that like button. Uh, and uh, if you haven't subscribed, I'm sure most of you have already done, uh, subscribe as well. Um, Big Hook, thank you for joining as well. How did the turkey fest go? We did not have turkey on Thanksgiving. Uh, I had steak on Thanksgiving. It was a delicious, delicious uh, bone-in ribeye uh, from the Yachtsman Steakhouse in uh, on the in the Yacht Club at one of Disney's resorts. Uh, that's where we had dinner on on Disney's property. So it was and it was fabulously delicious. Um, unfortunately, the Yachtsman took a couple of the things off the menu that uh, that we liked. Um, it happens a lot at Disney. Um, one of the things I really like at Disney is food. Uh, I mean, obviously it is what it is. I don't have that button queued up because I was going to play something else. So it's, it's, I'm sorry, Donald, you don't get to say it, but I do have an, it is what it is t-shirt on because I had to get it. So, um, (laughs) 
But one, I mean, there's two good things about food. When it, I mean, a they, a lot of the places in the park, they do a really good job. Now, there are a lot of places in the parks where the quality has gone absolutely downhill, and I can tell you where those are too. Uh, the, usually, the places that have gone downhill are like places where you can get character meals. Character meals. They basically have determined if you're going to go to a character meal, you don't care about the food value, you just care about seeing the characters, so you don't care if your food is bland or not high quality or what have you. Uh, so we've stopped going to character meals uh, because most of the character meals are rubbish. Uh, so, But the other places where you go eat, the food is typically outstanding. And also what's really good about Disney, since my wife has celiac. Uh, disease, they do a really good job, for the most part, handling the allergy that she has to gluten, and as such, she will get uh, food better than she can get almost anywhere else uh, on the planet, because most of the places that most restaurants can't handle her needs as well as Disney World can, which is one of the reasons why we like Disney so much now, especially uh, since her diagnosis, even though we haven't been able to be, go to Disney as much since she was diagnosed pretty much right before uh, COVID. Uh, but uh, one of the things, like, she, she she got this one dish or one charcuterie plate at a cider at the cider place that's by um, uh, in Hollywood Studios, right by Star Wars Land. And... Uh, it's the first time she had it, she was just happy. Like if, like if, if you've seen that Winnie the Pooh, like where Winnie the Pooh was just like eating all happy, like at the thing like that, she was just happy as a client. It just made me happy watching her be happy. And so she had that one again. And although I didn't, we didn't join that time. It was just she went and ate that, and I took the boys to go grab some pizza. Uh, but let's see. Let's see, turkey legs are available. See, that's what, one of the one of the things though. I used to love turkey legs, and for some reason, the turkey legs are one of the things that just hasn't been as great as they were uh, previously. Just hasn't been a thing. Um, but one of the things that Disney will sometimes do that I don't like is that they'll take like the really good things on the menu and they'll take them off the menu for some stupid reason. Like for example, the Yachtsman used to have this, you could get, it was a bone, it was like half a bone, and it had like this marrow with onions, and it was so freaking good, and you don't, can't get it anymore. You used to have a cheese plate. The cheese plate had this, all these delicious cheeses on there. It's the only blue cheese I've ever liked. I usually hate blue cheese. This, this blue cheese is fine. I tolerated it, I should say. Um, no more cheese plate. Um, Canada, the, the steakhouse in Canada in Epcot had this thing called lobster poutine way, way long time ago. I almost got it a second time for dessert. It was that damn good. We went back later on that year and I looked at the menu. I was like, well, what happened to the lobster poutine? Oh, we took it off the menu. Why would you do that? Um, Gaston's Tavern in Fantasyland. Uh, they had this pork shank, which was pretty much a smaller version of the turkey leg, but with pork. Put the turkey leg to shame. Next time we went back, they didn't have the pork shank anymore. I'm like, 
what are you doing? This thing was amazeballs. But they took it off the menu. So, lovely, and it's hard to milk enough milks for your milkshake. <laughs> Cats have nipples. You could milk a cat. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Um, yeah, the lobster. It was, it was basically, you had French fries with the lobster poutine with, like, lobster and bechamel sauce. And, it was just, oh, it was so amazing. Um a big hook. So everything has to be rice flour based diet then. It doesn't have to be rice flour. It could be almond flour. There's many different types of flours that you can have. I mean, usually it's either rice or almond or some other type of cassava flour is also used sometimes. Sometimes some of the flour mixes will do a mix of the three, um, depending on what you want to make. Um, I forget exactly what's in these raviolis that we got at, uh, at Costco, but they were I couldn't tell it. Like, if I served these raviolis to you and and you ate them, you wouldn't know that they were gluten-free. They were that darn good. Um, Aaron, my milkshake brings all the boys. Where? Where? Aaron, where is it bringing the boys? Hey, Aaron, how are you? Good to see you. Um, Anywho. But, like, they'll have bread. For you know, they'll 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 do bread service and they'll have special bread for her. Like I mean, it, it's just so good. Like that's one of the reasons. And we're going back. We'll go. So there'll be no December thirteenth show of Liberal Dan Radio either. Uh, so uh, we're gonna go back because um, Cassie wants to go see Brendan Brendan Fraser do the candlelight processional. Um, if I haven't talked about the candlelight processional before, I think I have, but it's 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 worth a talk. We didn't see it. We didn't we didn't bother watching it this time because we can go see it the next time. I haven't talked about it yet. If you haven't heard me talk about it, um, Jeff, when isn't your gutter mind acting up? I mean, you and me are just you know two peas in a pod. So, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anywho, um, we went to the first time to go watch the Candlelight Processional. I think this is when uh, Edward James almost, almost was, was doing it. And it was the first time doing it, watching it. And so you have, like, the guy who's reading uh, the Christmas story or whatever. And then you have this entire choir behind them, like, singing the songs and whatever. And they're all dressed up in these intricate, like, gowns robes or whatever and they all march in and it's it's orlando and even though it's december it's usually hot now the last two days of our vacation it wasn't hot so it was actually kind of chilly the last two days but it's usually warm even in december so you have all of these people lined up in rows and rows and rows maybe like a hundred people singing these songs hum, hum, humming the hymns whatever Oh, holy night, the stars are shining bright. One just collapsed. And I looked at Cassie and I'm like, did you just see that? Because not only did one person just collapse, nobody around the person did anything. It was like no one gave a crap. It was just like, like, this person next to you just like, this is the night of our dear Sarah. Like nothing happened. 
then all of a sudden, like, a group of people came over, picked the person, and dragged them away or whatever. And then the next, you know, Jesus was born. Another one falls. And we're like, what the hell is going on? We messaged one of our friends who used to work at Disney World and, and who eventually told us, after like three or four people passed out on stage, we, we messaged our friend and the friend was like, oh yeah, like they're told that they shouldn't react to any of their people next to them passing out, that, that other people will come take care of them as they pass out because they're going to pass out in the heat and that somebody else will come take care of them and they should just continue singing whilst the people next to them pass out. And that our friends made a drinking game out of it, that every time somebody passed out on stage, that they would just take a shot. So it's just hilarious. So we were all ready this trip, but we didn't bother one. But when, when we go see it for uh, in, in December, in December you know, 14th, when we go see it for Brendan Fraser, if Cassie can take her eyes off of Brendan Fraser because like she's had a crush on him since before blast from the past i think um yeah i, I was about to start singing the eric cartman version of, of oh holy night like jesus was born and so we get presents all over again but it was absolutely ridiculous how many people were just falling over I couldn't believe it, but we're we're very much looking forward to that too, just to see, because now we're prepared for it. Now we're prepared to, to, to have drinks ready. So every time it happens, take a shot. Yeah. So at least for this upcoming trip, it's not going to cost us as I've already paid for the hotel room. We already have the passes because I paid for the annual passes. So now we all we got to just pay for is food and the gas to get there. So it's not going to be as much of an expensive trip as this one was to, to get all the annual passes. So, um, <laughs> Jeff, haha, true. I talked to the other guy the other day. He says he enjoys how fast I can take things to the gutter. Oh, wait. If I ever end up doing Liberal Dan After Dark, like making a separate channel and doing Liberal Dan After Dark, You'll see how just how quickly I I mean I I do a lot of self censoring on this channel. Trust me, there's a lot of self censoring that goes on here because I I want to try and and be as as professional as I can be. You know sometimes I'll I'll get a little bluish about it, but yeah I I can I can get I can get bad. I can get pretty bad. Anywho, how long of a drive is it from New Orleans to New Orleans? It's about nine to ten hours, roughly. Um, we usually split the drive up on the way there, although this upcoming trip we're not because it's an earlier dismissal day for um, for the kids, or for at least my oldest kid. So we're going to pick them up from one and just drive straight through and get there maybe around 10 or 11-ish, and then just go check into the Airbnb and be done with it. Um, but normally we stay um, after it. Look, so the, that's the first half hour of the show is just going to be talking about me talking about my vacation. So bear with me, I guess. Um, 
so this trip, I was very impressed with my kids and, and with me and everybody because on my Nerdy Dan's channel, I've talked a little bit about this game called um, Disney Lorcana. Here's an open pack of Disney Lorcana that I still have here from an uh, unboxing that I did previously on, on that channel over on Twitch. Um, it's, it's one of my new things that I like to do. Um, and, uh, so it's Disney related. It's, it's, it's nerdy. Like it just combines all of my loves into one or most, many of my loves into one. So, um, they have this set that's called the D 100. So they're releasing it because it's Disney's 100th anniversary. And so they have six special versions of certain cards um, and like four of these packs, but like for the next set and it comes in a special box and it's like 50 bucks per box. And in the entire city of New Orleans, they got one of the six gaming stores that were that, that were here because um, and they've, 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 they did the release in like stages, like the gaming stores were supposed to get the releases first and then the big box stores get them. So the gaming stores got them on the seven, on the 17th of Friday. And then the big box stores were supposed to get them on Friday, this Friday. So of the six or so gaming stores in the New Orleans area that were supposed to get them, one got them and I got my hands on it, but not realizing that they were charging way too much money for it. Like they were charging 200 bucks for it. And I was like, okay, I, I returned it. I was like, okay, I really don't want to pay 200 bucks for this thing. That's an MSRP of 50 bucks. So I'm going to return it. I'm going to let, I'm like, is it okay if I return it? They're like, it's no problem. I'll sell it in a minute. And, and the person behind me bought it. So it wasn't a big deal. He was like, I'll jump all over that. I'll buy that right now. So I, cause I was going to gamble that when I got to, because it was it was it was gaming stores and Disney World that were going to have these things, and I was gambling that they would have some left over on the next day. So I made sure that I set my own. Because what we do is we usually stop like right after Tallahassee. We stopped in Lake City because Cassie wanted to stop in Lake City to get an earlier start on the day. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I'm fine with it. Because I was, I, at that time, I didn't know that they were going to be releasing these products, this product at Disney World as well. So once I heard that they were doing it at Disney World, I'm like, oh, good. We'll be closer. So I was like, all right. I told the kids and Cassie, and I, was like, I want to be in the car and going at 730. Not expecting at all that we were going to make it. And we were in the car at 730. We didn't hit any traffic, and we made it to Disney Springs by like 9.30, 9.40-ish, got to the line, because there was already a line around the building forming, So because everybody else wanted to buy the damn cards, too. Um, we got into the line. We, we formed around the line, and every, they were selling like, they were selling individual loose packs like this. They were selling starter boxes, and then they were selling the D100 boxes that, that I mainly wanted to get. I was five people away when they ran out of these, but I got up there and they were dwindling on the D100s, but I bought out as, I got as many as I could get. I was like, look, we can get two per person. We have four people. Give me eight. 
Okay. So I got eight of those. I've already sold one of them, and I traded, and I, and I brought one of them back for a friend of mine who was supposed to be able to get one, but he wasn't be able to get one from a friend of his that worked at Disney. And I basically traded him one for value of cards or whatever. Otherwise, he would have bought it for me at cost, which is fine because he was personal. Friend. I wasn't going to charge him more. But I sold one of mine for a hundred. I'm like, if I can sell four of these for a hundred, I've revamped my price for them already, and I've already made money on this stuff. So, you know. You know, it is, it is what it is. So, and it's cheaper than what you could. And I was like, look, I'm, I'm not going to try and sell it for more than what the people online are. So I'm going to try and give the people in New Orleans at the local gaming stores a price that's cheaper than what they could get it for online. So, you know, let the people in New Orleans get it for cheaper than what they could get it for. Definitely cheaper than what the local gaming store is trying to sell it for. Um, and then, actually, no, I'm sorry. They had two. They had two local ones because my local gaming store also had one as well, and but that went went quickly as well. So, what's up, Diz? How's it going? Good to see you. Um, see, Jeff, I ran into a QAnon loon today when I was having surgery. The guy was nuts. It's hilarious when you run into crazy conservatives. Like, I remember I ran into, I was waiting at Firestone for something to get done in my car. I was waiting for my car to get done and call her. I'll get to you in a second. Um, and, and, uh, it was hilarious because this guy was having this big problem. He was talking about like how he doesn't like Obamacare. He doesn't like Obamacare. He hates Obamacare. Obamacare is terrible. But he wishes he could move to Canada so he could get some of their health care. What? Are you freaking kidding me? You want to go to Canada to get socialized medicine, but you hate Obamacare. I figured, I, I figured you were the caller, Bill. So, anywho. Let's go to Bill. Bill on line one. <laughs> There's no line one. But, hey, Bill, what's hey. going on? This is line two. <laughs> How are you tonight? I'm doing well. How are you? Well, I've been better. I had surgery earlier today. Uh, had a laser surgery on my mouth. Um, it came out really good. That's good. Good to hear. I mean, if it's if you're talking, right? So that's a good sign. Yeah, um, I'm talking and I'm in pain. Um, <laughs> but that's life. Yeah. I told Wait, my shout wife out to Jolie who just joined us in the chat. Shout out to Demonox who just joined us too. So hey. anyway, hey guys. So. Well, um, what's new, Dan? Oh, nothing. I mean, you know, just just doing an update on on my life since you know been gone a week. I have some. I've been waiting for for uh, to do one announcement on something that some news that Jolie gave me early yesterday, I think it was. So I'm excited for that. I guess I'll say it now since Jolie's here. Um, Jolie gave me some information that I have enough subscribers on YouTube right now to become a partner. I don't need a thousand anymore. I only need 500. Um, and I only need 3,000 view hours in the past year, not 4,000, because they expanded the they expanded the program. I won't get 
ad revenue, but I can get super chats as long as I get the qualifications. So all I need is I'm like 300 hours short. So if like 30 people watch 10 hours more than what they normally did real quick, I could probably get it by the end of the month. <laughs> so every, everybody go watch some videos, like put on the uh, living life as a fat person video before you go to sleep and just, and just let it, let it play as you go to sleep. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. So that, 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 right that would probably be enough. Do that every night this week. Just just put one of my three hour shows on every night this week before you go to bed, and it'll probably be enough to get me to, to get me to where I need to be. So, Yo, I'll I'll buy you some coffee when uh, uh, the cash flow picks up here after I get these surgeries paid for. But uh, yeah, I really appreciate the show. I appreciate you, Bill. I'm glad that you uh, I'm glad that you hang in there. I'm glad your your surgery seems to have gone well. Um, so, uh, so what, can you say what was what was wrong that needed to be fixed in your mouth, or like? Yeah, I had a um, a couple of years ago. I had a problem. So I was shot thirteen times, and I, it was an unlucky number. So uh, I went in for oral surgery back in 2019, right before COVID hit, and I kept on getting an infection in my mouth. And the doctor went in and gr- she grinded away at my skull, and she found another piece of shrapnel. So it took me up to 14. So I had to go back and get that cleaned up today. Jeez. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, when I tell Hal I'm a bad man, I really am a bad man. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so you, wait, so you were shot th- you were shot 13 times? Oh yeah, I was hit. I was hit 13 times. It was written we found out now it was 14. Um Damn. Yeah, both arms, both arms, both legs. Yeah, and that was that well. was in the line of duty, like like in the military. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where where was that? Back like where in, were you serving? Back in the back in the seventies in the Nam. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. And you live to t- yeah, and you live to tell the tale, so we're we're all appreciative of that. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. But um, now they've got me, you know, pretty well fixed up now. Um, I've got to get this. Um, pump in my chest replaced at some point um i talked to um, an attorney today about that because i've got to get the uh, company to put a defective pump in to swap the pump out mm. but, uh, once i get that done i'll be all, i'll be like a brand new man a six the six million dollar man huh yeah, yeah. well the bill. now with, the, with, the, with inflation it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, was it was six million back in the seventies. Now it's up to seven. <laughs> nice, perfect. But yeah, I mean, everything turned out okay. Uh, the anesthesia started to wear off, so I thought I'd give you a call real fast before I was in agony and say hi. Well, I'm glad you did. I'm glad the surgery went okay. Went okay, and I'm glad yeah. you. Survived 14 shots. Holy crap! Yeah, That's nuts. Yeah. But and thank you for your service. Yeah, well, I did it for the love of the people of this country. Well, we love you again, back. I do, it, I do it all over. Well, appreciate you, man. Well, thank you so much. Love and you thank guys. you for being a loyal yeah. listener. 
I told my wife, I said, you guys are like family. Um, when I can't get out and go see my kids and stuff because they're in another state, I can always tune in to your show and house show and have someone to talk to that I'm familiar with. Oh, that's so, awesome. I mean, you, really, you guys really don't realize what you mean to a lot of people. Seriously. Well, that means a lot to me too. I mean, when 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 y'all say something like that, you know that 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 honestly means a whole bunch. It 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 it, it makes it worth it. I mean, I know I I know I sometimes I'm like I, I get frustrated about how I want things to how I want things to to be better and how I want the show to grow and how I want you know all that stuff. But when when y'all say things like that, how much the show means to y'all, it 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 really does like. It really makes me feel really good that to know that I'm having an effect now on people and, and to know that that people are you know enjoying what I'm doing now does really mean a lot to me so thank you so much it really yeah. it really it really means a lot to me that 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 you enjoy it that much and that that you know that and that y'all like take the time out of your day just to listen and just and watch just you know now twice a week so I, I really appreciate it and I, I appreciate it how much y'all do uh for the show and so it's 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 great all of y'all not just not, not just you bill but all of you all of y'all who are watching right now yeah. and who, who listen all the time so it does mean a lot to me and i really do appreciate it as as much as as, as much as i'm like you know come on guys do a little more but y'all do a lot and, and i really appreciate y'all so much so well I just, you know, good work we're going to have a good 2024 ahead of us. We really got to push this thing. Um, there's a lot of disinformation out there and we've got to go after it. Absolutely. That, that's one of the things that I'm hoping to be able to do. And I think I'm hoping that once we get to the point where we can get that, you know, hopefully you'll get that, you'll get that ball rolling and then, and then we get some traction and then we get some, you know, get more and more people in here and then we can start people seeing the stuff and we'll, 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 we'll be informing people and educating people and, you know, getting people, getting people to, to shake off that bad misinformation. <laughs> I, so. I really believe we can convert Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, there's been several times where he's either agreed when I, and I, and I've been surprised when he agrees or like, or when he's come in and, and, you know, either changed his mind or he's just surprised me when he's like, you know, when he's agreed on things like healthcare, when he's agreed on things like, you know, how the abortion bills have gone too far. And I'm like, you know, people are reachable if you know how to reach out to them. And even even the people who you, you might assume are not reachable, I think are reachable. And I think I think that's even though like there's a lot of times where I will say things like I will just be like, I give up. Like I give up on dealing with people and whatever, but at the end of the day, I, I don't like, I, I, I can't not be me. I can't not have this idea that there's a possibility that people are reachable, that there's a possibility that, that there's a glimmer of hope that we can, you know, reach some divide, at least with breach the divide with at least some people and get some people to, to, to see, to see the light. And if I could do it, if I can do it with a few, then everybody can do it with a few, and that's all you need. So. Yeah. Well, the thing is, we're both fathers, and uh, I'm a grandfather too. So, um, 
you know, I have to really look out for, for my children's future and especially my grandchildren. I want to leave this place a whole lot better than I found it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I want, I want, I want this place to be good for my kids, for their kids, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're not going to have a good place for our kids if you know who gets back in the office. So, right. Well, we, we have to do optimism that. includes to people. <laughs> you know, Unfortunately, hopefully the court system, yeah. system will take care of that. Yeah, hopefully. Although I'm still I'm still waiting the the potential constitutional crisis that could happen with that, but you know we'll see. Hopefully, may, maybe some people will wisen up after one guilty verdict, but who knows? Yeah. Well, I, you know I'm looking forward to this 14th Amendment, the uh, Article Three, because I do not believe the Supreme Court would overrule a court that would find him guilty and say you can't run for a president, you can't be on the ballot. The reason for that is he's already said that uh, he's going to take over the government, change the Constitution, declare martial law, and that means the end of the Supreme Court. Yeah, it, it would be interesting the because because the Supreme Court previously has ruled that the states run elections. So if the states run elections and the state rules that he's he's not eligible because of the 14th Amendment, then it would be hard for the Supreme Court to then say, well, you know, but it's a, it's a difference between it, it may depend on who's saying it. Like for example, I know the the conservative Supreme Court had an issue when the courts of a state changed some rules versus when the legislature of a state changed some rules, and that 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 was the difference I think in two of the lawsuits that took place over the 2020 election. So. Um, Right. The, the activist, the activist courts may that this activist conservative Supreme Court, at least five of them may very well just be like, well, this your courts can't rule on this. This would have to be an issue decided by your legislature. And as such, that could be the only reason why um, why the, the Supreme Court might be like, nope, sorry, you know, you can't block his access to the ballot simply because you believe he's that there would have to be some sort of guilty verdict of some sort. I don't know, but I don't know. I I think the 14th amendment thing is, is a long shot. I think, I think there would have to be some sort of guilty verdict there. I I think relying on the 14th amendment is, is not something that we should do. You know, it's something like if we get it that way, cool. If we don't get it that way, but we, we need to, we need to do things like, mobilize mobilization getting people out to vote getting people in the states that matter to drop all this bs about voting third party and understanding how it hurts marginalized and oppressed people if you go out and you vote third party in states that matter i don't care if you're you're in california or if you're in louisiana and you vote for a third party because you think joe biden has done a terrible job you know, and you're on the left, fine, because those states are already going to vote for Biden and or Trump, respectively. But if you're in Michigan and you're Wisconsin and you're going to vote for somebody else because you think they're the same man, no, F you. They're not. What happened in Virginia, right here in my back door in Virginia, 
uh, we shocked the whole country. And I believe it, I believe this is the turnaround moment. This is the moment for people to step up and get off their butts and get out and vote. Yeah. I said Demonax. Demonax was voting third party, but Demonax lives in Massachusetts. Massachusetts will vote for Biden. So I don't care if yeah. Demonax votes. I don't care if Demonax votes third party. Vote for a third party you want because Massachusetts is going to vote for Biden. It doesn't matter. Right. So, but, you know, if, in Michigan, it matters. In Pennsylvania, it matters. In Wisconsin, yeah. it matters. Um, but that's, and that's part of the things when I get around to the, when I'm right, I'm right. Uh, part of the show, I'm, that's one of my rants that I'm going to be doing. And it, I'll, I will be talking about that because I was dead on balls accurate to use a line from Mona Lisa Vito in my cousin Vinny. Um, when it came to Biden and what he was doing, when it came to Israel, um, we'll get to that in a little bit. So yeah. do you have anything out? Um, no, I want to hear what you have to say about the Israel situation, because I believe Biden is being blamed unnecessarily for something he can't control. You know, he's the president of the United States, not the president of other countries. Sure, I mean, there's, some, there's some issues there. I mean, he has, he, has, he has kind of a bully pulpit where they're like, I understand what I've talked about that a little bit before because there are people who want and wanted him to be more vocal about things like publicly. But I think part of that, and I've talked about this before is simply because of the fact that we're used to four years of the last guy airing everything out publicly. So we're used to right. somebody, you know, making everything public when not everything has to be public. And Biden is not somebody who's going to handle everything in public. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a, in a few um, but, but yeah. So anyway, I'm glad you made it. I'm glad your procedure went well. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping your, your pain, your anesthesia still lasts longer. I hope they gave you good oh, yeah. pain pills or whatever. <laughs> um, I hope you, I hope you have a good rest of your night. Thank you so much for calling in. Okay. Thank you. Have a good one. Have a good one too. Bye. Okay. Bye. All right. But before we get to that, um, one more thing about my Disney trip. Um, apparently, I picked the wrong Disney World to go to. Because, I mean, I did go on It's a Small World in Disney World in the Magic Kingdom. Uh, but apparently, uh, in Disneyland, there was somebody who got all naked and disrobed and like jumped into the water butt ass naked on it's a small world in disney and there were people who got video of the whole thing and you know basically everyone should have just started singing it's a small peen after all it's a small peen after all because you know That's why I didn't have it is what it is queued up because I was waiting to do the yes scream. <laughs> um, Disney bought Doctor Who and I'm a little pissed about that. Does that mean Doctor Who is a Disney princess? Um, so 
You also had, over the holidays, uh, apparently they celebrated Shanksgiving in federal prisons because somebody came along and went stabby-stabby to uh, Chauvin, Derek Chauvin, um, the person who leaned on George Floyd's neck for, what, eight and a half minutes or nine and a half minutes or however many minutes it was that he leaned on the neck. Um, uh, unfortunately, the, the person uh, didn't do a well enough job. Uh, apparently, it wasn't a mortal wound. Uh, but I guess some people are like saying, well, some people are saying, unfortunately, but I guess, you know, now he'll just have to live the rest of his sentence and serve out the rest of his sentence, knowing that somebody could, you know, looking over his shoulder now for the rest of his sentence, which I'm sure he was looking over his shoulder already. But yeah, happy Thanksgiving to uh, Derek Chauvin. Where was he stabbed? In prison! <clears throat> <laughs> I don't know what part of the body he was stabbed, if that was if that's what you were asking for, though. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what you were asking for, but I had to say it. All right. Um, Let's see. It's it's funny seeing the right wing crowd lose it over a trans actress and a wheel and a wheelchair user daring to be in an episode. Shivsville, <laughs> welcome to Shivsville, population you. Um, okay. One thing I wanted to talk about today before we get to the main subject of the show is Shank Younger from the Young Turks again uh, is is doing his quixotic uh, presidential run that he's not eligible for because uh, he can't run because he was born uh, to non-citizens in Turkey. So he can't, he's not a natural born citizen. He was a naturalized citizen. As such, he's not eligible. He, he claims that the 14th Amendment makes him eligible. He's wrong. Uh, and he thinks that the Supreme Court's going to side with him. Even though we have an activist Supreme Court, it's an activist conservative Supreme Court, that activist conservative Supreme Court is never going to side with Cenk Younger, even if it would make life hard for Joe B- harder or for Joe Biden. Um, but he tweeted out, and yeah, Demonox, Cenk is a turf and a moron. That is also true. Um, but he goes, the idea that long shot candidates can't win is hilarious mythology. Donald Trump started at 1%, and no one thought Barack Obama had a shot against Hillary Clinton in 2008. The media repeats this nonsense because they're the ultimate insiders, and they don't believe in outsiders. Well, Tank, first of all, you can't compare the Republican primary and the Democratic primary. They're two different animals. Republican primary is basically winner-take-all. So if you win, doesn't matter how by how much you win, you winner-take-all. So, and then Donald Trump ended up doing well on the debate stage and the people who were supposed to be the favorites just flopped on the debate stage. Remember Jeb Bush's please applaud that line or what have you. And there was such a crowded field that he was able to get those wins and get those, and get those amounts. So he could win States with like, you know, 36% of the vote and not need majorities. So there's that. 
But the other thing is that Barack Obama ran a brilliant campaign against Hillary Clinton. Barack Obama wrote the book on how to beat Hillary Clinton. And it is something that Bernie Sanders ignored not once, but twice, because Bernie Sanders didn't learn his lesson in twenty six in twenty sixteen, and then he didn't learn the lesson in twenty twenty and, and he failed to, to do the same thing twice. What was that thing that Bernie Sanders failed to do? He failed to target Southern delegates in the Democratic primaries, because unlike the Republican primaries, in the Democratic primaries it's proportional. So Bernie Sanders just seeded the Southern delegates to, in 2016, Hillary, and in 2020, Biden. So by doing so, he put himself in an insurmountable hole that he was unable to drag himself out of, which made any shenanigans by the Democratic Party, and I criticized the Democratic Party in 2016 for several of the things that they did, but whatever they did in 2016 that I criticized it for paled in comparison to the unforced error of ignoring 11 states' worth of delegates. You can't win the Democratic primary and ignore 11 states' worth of delegates. It's just, it's not going to happen. And not only did he ignore 11 states' worth of delegates in 2016, he then, when asked why he didn't campaign in the South, he said, well, the Southern states are conservatives and Southern Democrats are conservatives, to which the large chunk of uh, voters who happen to be black in the South were like, excuse me, we are not conservatives. You can go get to stepping with that. They were very insulted in 2016 when he said that, and they did not forget that he said that in 2020. And he didn't make any effort to do a mea culpa. I didn't realize I was wrong. I apologize. You know, y'all aren't conservatives. I, I understand my mistake, and I'm trying to do some outreach to y'all. No, he seated the southern states again to Biden. And Biden won those states by ridiculous amounts. Again, putting himself in an insurmountable hole. He could not get out of that hole. The lead that Clinton and then Biden were able to build up because of the southern states was so large that Bernie couldn't get out of it. Sanders couldn't get out of it. But Obama was smart, and he racked up all of these delegates from the southern states. He went around, and he – and look – I'll be honest, in 2008, when I saw Barack Obama going around and winning all these southern states, I criticized him. I was like, why is Obama targeting all of these states that he's not going to win in the general election? It doesn't make any sense. Why is he doing this? Well, I'll tell you why he did it, because he's much smarter than me, apparently. Because I didn't realize what he was doing at the time, but I learned. I realized it. And when I realized what he did, I was like, he's a freaking genius. And the people working on his campaign are freaking geniuses. Because it doesn't matter where the delegates come from. He was able to get enough delegates 
to clean up this house and to and to win a whole bunch of delegates to be able to win the nomination. And then, well, now that he won the nomination, of course he was going to win New York. Of course he was going to win California. Of course he was going to win all of the blue states. But in targeting all of those southern states, he also was able to win states like North Carolina, a state that nobody thought that Obama was going to win, that any Democrat was going to win. But he won it. Now, I don't know if that was because of him or the Senate candidate at that time, because I think she was running up against Dole, Elizabeth Dole, I think, at that time. And I think that was a, she was a weak candidate versus that. So I don't know if Obama was riding Dole's um, opponent's coattails or vice versa, or if there was a bit of help between the two. But the fact that Obama put so much ground game in the South had to have helped to win those states. And the fact that Biden put so much effort into the South again to win Southern states delegate-wise probably helped Biden win Georgia and Ossoff and Warnock win Georgia as well. So did the DNC do things like, I, I criticized the DNC when it came to them punishing Bernie for the voter roll issue because Sanders, the Sanders campaign found that they had access to Hillary's list when they should have, shouldn't have, and they reported it and they punished him for it anyway. I'm like, that's stupid. Don't do that. Uh, there were some issues with Donna Brazile where they were giving some debate questions to Hillary Clinton. They shouldn't have done that. I called for Debbie Wasserman Schultz to step down uh, from the party chair because of the clear bias uh, that she had towards uh, Hillary Clinton, and she should have been unbiased when it came to uh, running the Democratic primaries versus, you know, who's getting selected. She should have been playing it with an even hand, and she wasn't. Fine. Now, all that was legitimate complaints that, that anybody supporting Bernie Sanders had. But it is my pure opinion that none of those things add up, added up at, to become even close to the unforced error of failing to campaign in the southern states in the primary. And I guarantee you that if Chuck Younger were to be a Democratic nominee who was magically eligible to run for president, if somebody snapped their fingers and said, oh, naturalized citizens can now run for president too, if the Supreme Court were to magically say, uh, for, you're right, Mr. Younger, the 14th Amendment did change the meaning of the Constitution, and naturalized citizens can now run for president. If they were to make that ruling, I guarantee you that Cheng Younger would make the same mistake that Bernie Sanders made because, as Devinock said, he's a moron. So, anyway. But he's a moron anyway because he thinks that the, that the Supreme Court is going to rule in his favor. It's never going to happen. Let's see. Um, Leanna's here. Hey, Leanna. Hope, yeah, hope you had a good Thanksgiving as well. 
See, here's the thing I, I disagree with you, Demonox. I don't – who would they replace Biden with? That's what I want to know. Who would they at this point replace Biden with to get the young vote back and to then not lose other people who which they have? Like, and what is the young vote really going to think that – is, is the young vote really going to sit here and make the same mistake that they that some of them made in 2016? Cenk is just selling his book. There's that too. Like I have I have an opinion that Cenk Younger is just um, collecting campaign contributions so that he could spend the campaign contributions to run commercials on the Young Turks, so that so that it can be additional revenue stream for the Young Turks to help elevate the Young Turks up. Um, literally anyone I'd vote for the dog at my work. Well, that's the problem though, is that, well, the, a, the dog, the dog at your work, actually, look, I'll actually say this. The dog at your work is probably more eligible to be president than Cenk Younger is. So that the dog at your work has that going for him or her, <laughs> but still, Um, falling in line as other country keeps sliding to the right. But the problem is Biden keeps moving to the left. Biden, over the course of his political career, has moved to the left. And you can, it's measurably so. Like, as the Democratic Party has moved leftwards, Joe Biden has also moved leftwards. And Joe Biden has done things like moved other politicians to the left. Biden moved... Barack Obama to the left on gay marriage. Um, Biden has done things like, you know, he has come to the left on trans issues. He's come to the left on gay marriage himself. He's come to the left on very, no, he's not on the left, but he has come leftward from where he was. So, oh, we got another caller. Do, 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 do. I don't know if the caller said who the caller is, but we're just going to go ahead and let the caller in. Hey, Dan, how are you doing tonight? Good. How are you? Good. I just had a question. Uh, do you like fish sticks? Uh, yes, I love fish sticks, but we're not going to let the South Park joke come through. So <laughs> I'm well aware of the South Park joke. Um, I, I'm not Kanye West. Um, so very good, very clever. Um, I love South Park. I'm glad you do too. We'll, we'll be moving on. <laughs> Thank you for calling the show. Um, have a nice day. <laughs> I'm not a gay fish. Oh, Lord. That's what I get for going to the caller without making sure that the caller doesn't put the name, put the, put the, put the uh, area code in the chat first. <laughs> oh, Lord. Anyway. Uh, yes, Aaron. Yes. Oi, indeed. 
Well, that's, that's, that's another problem I have, Devin Ox, is that when we're talking American politics, it's kind of, it, it, it's, yes, compared to the rest of the world, our left is center. Like Bernie Sanders is not a leftist in comparison to the rest of the world's leftists. But in ta- discussing American politics, he is. So if we're discussing American politics, it's it's not necessarily helpful to say, but in Europe, well, but we're not talking about European politics. We're talking about American politics. So um, let's see you next Tuesday is the best reply. Yes. Um, anywho. What was I going to say? What was I going to talk about? What's the next thing? What was the next thing on my list? So we talked about it's a small peanut after all. We talked about Thanksgiving. Uh, we talked about Chank. So, so let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do a, a reset. Liberal Dan Radio, talk from the left. That's right. We are on again Mondays and Wednesdays at this point, 8 p.m. Central. Uh, we are, um, we've made the point now that we, uh, that we have enough subscribers at this point since they've expanded the partner program to where I only need more views. I only need more hours of view time. And if I were to get like 300, what was it, Jolie, like 370 something was it? Or 337 maybe? Like if we had 337 more hours like right now than what we average like over the course of the year. So if like everybody watched the normal amount of stuff, and then watched like 300 more hours. So we have like 200 concurrent viewers. So if everybody concurrently viewing watched, I don't know, um, math. Math is hard. Let's do, let's do, let's pull up the calculator real quick because I really don't feel like doing the math on my head. Let's just do three tree fitty. 350 divided by 20. 17.5 hours worth of video. So, but again, you don't have to watch it. Like, to, like if you were just, you know, again, went to sleep watching a three-hour video and let the video run as you were sleeping, put the volume down on low so you don't even have to hear it, that might do it. Anywho. Bill P. I told my wife to put me in a casket face down there, all the assets, and never visit me. I can kiss my ass goodbye. Nice. Trucker John, I need 699 more watch hours. Go. You need 699 699 for the three, or do you need 699 for the four? Because um, I think you just hit 1,000, didn't you, Trucker John? And also, shout out to Trucker John. Welcome to the chat. Also, I, I don't think I welcome Marie or Human Being or who else haven't I? Uh, Bob, I don't think I welcomed into the chat yet. If I haven't welcomed you to the chat yet, uh, Steve, I don't think I got Steve either. If I'm missing you, I apologize. Anyway, but if you want to help the show out, best thing you can do, watch videos, uh, share videos that you like, comment, like videos, um, get those algorithms going. You can always go to liberaldan.com, click the buy me a cider button, and you can become a liberal Dan radio patron. 
You can Venmo me. Uh, always pointing the wrong direction because, like, I'm, I'm pointing this way because, to me, it's that way, but in reality, it's that way. Um, and then, you know, and again, it's easier to share the show now because the, the very easy link to get to, get to, to the YouTube channel is just liberaldanradio.com. And that's what it is. So... Nick Rich, I get 25 gigs of data per month, about 65 hours of live streams. I burn it quick. Oy. Um, I have a notification. Oh, that's my wife liking one of my posts, like a wonderful wife does. What's up, Cynthia? What's up, Bicycle Mike? Good to see you all both. Um, let's see. All right. So... We're about an hour into the show. Trucker John's not on the road anymore, but you do Uber, right? But are you Ubering in an in a, in electric Tesla? Am I correct? Am I correct in, in, in that assumption or am I wrong in that statement? Trucker John, false advertising, no longer a trucker. <laughs> or are you always a trucker in your heart? So, anyway, so Liberal Day and Radio, talk from the left, that's right. Uh, it's not just a slogan. It's not just me trying to be braggadocious. It's because I tend to know what I'm talking about on, on, on these things, and I, I try to be well-informed, and I, I try to, when I make statements, I don't just talk out of my butt. I don't just say things just to say them. I say things because I believe them to be true. And when I'm wrong, I'll admit that I'm wrong. But when I'm right, I sure as hell will say that I'm right. And when it came to Joe Biden and how he's handling Israel, I was absolutely 100% right. Remember when I made the video? Remember on the podcast when I was talking about Joe Biden and I brought up the fact that, you know, way back when, when you had the rail strike and Joe Biden put an end to the rail strike early by signing the legislation that terminated the strike, even though they didn't get the sick pay that they wanted, uh, the sick leave that they wanted. Uh, but Biden then worked behind the scenes to make sure that the rail workers would end up getting the sick leave anyway, but he didn't do it in public. He didn't do it like Donald Trump would have done it. And well, Donald Trump wouldn't have fought for the sick leave for the workers. So let's just remember that. But Biden worked behind the scenes to get that done for the rail workers. So everybody was chiding and berating Biden for being anti-union for forcing the union people to get back to work, even though they didn't get what they wanted. But in reality, he was working behind the scenes to get them what they, what they wanted, what they were asking for. And they got, he, he did the work for them and got it done for them. And he's also, I think the first president to go stand on a picket line. So Biden was pro union and has always been pro union. And he stood up for the working person. He understood that as president, he needed to get the supply chain going because we needed the supply chain going. 
but he understood that he had the power as president to work behind the scenes and get the job done, and he got the job done as president. So with Israel, everyone was giving him grief about him not being loud and vociferous and, and, and yelling at Netanyahu and, and being like Trump and saying, you need to do this, that, and the other. Not being like Khrushchev and banging his shoe on the, on the podium or whatever and not, you know, being generally a child like Donald Trump would be. And when I made some videos, I had some people commenting on the videos. They were like, yeah, we want him to be more vociferous about it. I'm like, well, he's not a child like Donald Trump. He is more diplomatic than, than Donald Trump is. And he's going to handle these things more privately because he's more of a diplomat. And what happened? We got a, a, a temporary four-day truce, and now hostages are, are being released. And now after this four-day truce was over, what happened? They extended the truce. I didn't actually didn't expect the truce to get, expect, to get extended. I expected Netanyahu to be like, okay, truce over. Let's go start bombing more people. But the Biden administration was like, nope, let's get this truce extended so we can get more hostages released. And what happened? They got the truce extended and more hostages are being released. So guess what? I was right about Biden because I said, the Biden administration was working behind the scenes to get a truce going, to get some sort of ceasefire going, to get hostages released. That he was going to be working behind the scenes to work to make things better. And is it perfect? No. But don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And it's a start. And he's, and he's going to continue to work behind the scenes and get accomplishments done with, with this issue and with other issues. Does this mean that Israel is now going to behave? No, not, not, I, don't, I don't trust Netanyahu further than I can throw him. But when it came to what Benjamin Netanyahu, well, not, but when it came to what Joe Biden did and how he handled Benjamin Netanyahu, as Mona Lisa Vito said, I was dead on balls accurate. I called my shot. I, I, I said, look, knowing from what I know of Joe Biden, from what my grandparents said about him as the type of person that he is, from them working on his campaign way back in the day, from knowing how he just handles politics for me following his career, from all of the stuff that I've done, just educating myself about the type of person that he is, I knew that he would be working behind the scenes and he would be having his people working behind it. And it wasn't just his people. It wasn't just his you know, secretary of state. It wasn't just his people going behind the scenes. He was making calls directly to other heads of state to get things going, to get those wheels greased, to get everything moving when it was needed to. He got things done. Would Trump do that? Absolutely freaking not. Trump would have sat back and cheered on Netanyahu as he cluster-bombed white phosphorus and completely just raised the entirety of Gaza. 
and they would have cheered Netanyahu for doing so. So for anybody sitting there back there trying to say that, oh, things wouldn't be any different under Trump when it came to, when it came to the whole Israel-Palestinian-Hamas issue, no. Donald Trump would have absolutely sat back and been like, bomb the hell out of them. I would just bomb the hell out of them. And I'm, I, would, I applaud Netanyahu for, for having no mercy against all of the Palestinians. I guarantee you that's how he would be. Joe Biden worked behind the scenes as a diplomat and got what we've seen over the last four or five days now done. That's one of the many reasons why I'll continue to support Joe Biden. And there's, there'll be many more that I'll be talking about over the weeks, months to come. But as I said, I called my shot. I flat out said, Joe Biden is doing this. This is why he's doing it. He's acting like an adult. He's acting like a diplomat. This is how he leads. This is what leadership is. This is what leadership looks like. He's gotten hostages released. Though it, I, I truly believe that with, with Donald Trump as president, you would have not seen those hostages released. You needed somebody like Joe Biden in there to do exactly what he did to get those hostages released. And more hostages will continue to get released. Now, do I think we'll get all of them? I don't know. I don't know what reason Hamas would have to release every single one because then they have no leverage at that point. So we'll see how Biden handles the entirety of the situation. But when it came to my beliefs on how Biden was going to be handling it and everybody criticizing Biden for how he was handling it, and, and when I said, look, he's working behind the scenes, I was right. And I'm going to take full credit for being right on this one, which is another reason why you should watch more Liberal Day and Radio Talk from the Left. That's right, because when I say stuff, I'm not saying it just to feel good. I'm not saying it just because I'm doing it to be rah-rah about somebody, because I'll criticize people. I've criticized Biden before. I've criticized Democrats before. I'll criticize anybody who I feel is doing wrong. But if I'm going to make a prediction about things, I'll flat out, I make a prediction, and a lot of times I'll be right. Unfortunately, a lot of times I have been right. Like when I predicted that Donald Trump was going to get to name three Supreme Court justices and, you know, everyone called me crazy. And, well, it happened. And it is what it is. Thank you, Donald. So anyway. I'm just, you know, doubling down on the fact that when I'm right, I'm right. So watch Liberal Den Radio, the best podcast that most people aren't watching. Anywho. Go back through the things. Let's see.
Dusty. I love Dusty. He's on point. Dusty who? Trying to see. Ba, 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 ba. Trucker John still Ubering in the Tesla. Um, <clears throat> Trucker John, I'm still a trucker until my CDL expires, I guess. Bill P. I'll have a taco for you. How about that? I'll 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 eat I'll eat a taco in in honor of Bill. I don't know how much that'll make Bill feel good, but you know. It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. <laughs> Steve, watching from the UK, all I can see is it's Biden or any Dem or you never get to vote again. That's the choice. Maybe I'm being overdramatic, but I mean, I start the show off in, with my audio saying if we let Trump win, we lose our country. So, and maybe people might think I'm being overly dramatic, but Donald Trump literally has said that he's going to use the military to go after his political rivals. He's going to use the Justice Department to go after his political rivals. He's He's taking the gloves off if he wins again. So... Take that for whatever, however you want to take it, but clearly there's there's danger afoot if you allow Donald Trump to win. Um, but as one thing, you know, talking about the talking about the funding to Israel. I mean, there is no line item veto. So if Congress passes legislation to fund Israel or not to fund Israel, Biden either has to sign the entirety of the budget or not, or, or the, the entirety of the legislation that grants funding to it or not. So that's why, you know, the, the House passed their BS that was like funding for Israel and not Ukraine, but also defunding the, the IRS. And then um in the senate you end up having uh schumer who's going to put in uh biden's legislation that's going to include uh money for border security um money for ukraine money for israel and not have that bs about the irs um because the the um republicans want to defund the irs because they don't like the irs going after rich people because that's what it's all about. Uh, then you'll have to see how Speaker Johnson uh, deals with uh, the people in his caucus. Um, and how, how will Speaker Johnson handle his caucus? That will be a fun show. I'm sure no puns will ha come from me. Jeff, if you're still listening, no puns will come from me about how Speaker Johnson handles his caucus. It, the jokes write themselves. Um, let's see. Boo, 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 boo. Demonox, we shouldn't let a scary opponent make us settle for mediocrity. Um, 
I agree with you to a point. But, A, I don't believe, I don't agree with you that Biden is mediocre. And, B, when the evil is so evil and you're and even if I were to agree with you that Biden is mediocre, Trump is so evil that mediocre looks like heaven. Like he's Trump is that bad that mediocrity looks like heaven. But again, Demonox just Demonox lives in Massachusetts. Massachusetts is going to vote for Biden, so I don't care how Demonox votes because I'm all for you know the people who are living in who, people who live in states that don't matter. If you want to vote third party, go right ahead. All you're going to do is help third party candidates get some additional potential additional uh, presidential federal funding to federal matching funds and. If, that's fine. I'm fine with third parties getting federal matching funds. Cool. Awesome. More power to them. They get more of a say and more of an opportunity to say what they want to say. Cool. Fine with it. But, you know, in states that matter, at the end of the day, we all need to put our you need to vote smart and make sure that evil doesn't win because Trump winning enables Nazis and that's a line I can't cross Trump winning enables not like I'm with I if there was a way for me to guarantee that somebody in a state that matters would cast a vote for Biden I would cast a vote for their candidate in Louisiana. Like I would get, I would be like, look, you go vote for Biden in Michigan or in Wisconsin or Pennsylvania or whatever, even though you don't want to vote for that person. I'll, you go vote for that person and I'll go vote for your person. So you'll, your person will get a vote and I, and, and Biden will get a vote to help him win the state that matters. Meanwhile, in Louisiana, you know, it's not Louisiana is voting for Trump, so it doesn't matter. My vote doesn't matter for Hill of Beans. Jolie, I care how Demonox votes. That thing is what got us to Trump, but I disagree. In that. That line of thinking only got us there in states that matter, because in any given election, there's like five to 10, and 10 is a very outlier number. There's five to 10 states in the entire country that matter. Everything else doesn't matter. And maybe like one or two congressional districts. Was it like Nebraska and Maine have those split the split the electoral votes by congressional districts so you might have like the Nebraska one and Maine two I think are the two like ones that could potentially be in play otherwise you have um what was that? Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania 
maybe North Carolina, maybe Virginia. Um, you, you have just a handful of states, of the majority of states that are in play. The West Coast is going to Biden. Uh, Georgia is, is, is in play now, magically, however that happened. Biden made that happen. Um, and the voters, black women made that happen. Stacey Abrams made that happen. Um, Florida's going for Trump. Florida, Ohio's going for, even though Ohio managed to pass the pro-choice amendment to their constitution, Ohio's still a Republican state. They're going to vote for Trump, probably. Um, Illinois is going to vote for Biden. Um, Massachusetts is going to vote for Biden. Uh, most of the area that I've labeled dumb fuckistan, which I've said, look, just let them have the Dakotas, Kansas, uh, Minnesota, or Montana, I mean, Wyoming, Idaho, all that block of the country, the the that big chunk in the Midwest, just that area, just Utah, just all that area, you know, that all that area is going for Trump. That's why when they call that stuff flyover country and and that they, why they don't want to go for the elect, they don't want to eliminate the electoral college because all of that is flyover country. I'm like, it's already flyover country. Nobody visits there. Nobody goes there. Because there's no need to. Trump doesn't need to go there because he knows those votes are already for him. Biden doesn't need to go there if those are the two nominees because he knows those votes aren't going to go for him. So they're only going to go for they're only going to go for the areas where they know that they're going to need to get votes. So Wes, it is a year away. It is a year away, and it's much closer than you think. Um. Wes says, anything I imagine is fiction at this point. But that's the whole point of the show. I was saying in 2016, in 2016, or even in 2015, I, I, I might have been early, as early in 2015 have said that the disability that this election was that the most important election, the most important thing in 2015, I was saying that the most important topic in the 2016 election was going to be the Supreme Court. Period. End of story. That was the most important thing because whoever became president could name up to three Supreme Court justices. And nobody believed me. Three Supreme Court justices got named by Donald Trump. Why? Talk from the left, that's right. Because that's what, to quote Obama, that's what I do. So, people starving during COVID and Pelosi showing off her six fridges full of $12 a pint ice cream, DNC doesn't care. I mean, yeah, rich people often are, are un uninformed or that's not the word I'm looking for. What's the word I'm looking for out of touch with, with the common person. Um, that doesn't mean that there isn't a huge difference 
between the Republican Party and the Democratic Party. So, Tim, what do you mean nobody believed me? Um, everyone called me stupid. A lot of people called me stupid for saying, oh, that's not going to happen. People are like, no, you, no, the next president's not going to name three Supreme Court justices. Who are you kidding? Like, everyone was like, maybe one. Maybe they'll name one. Nobody believed me that three would be named. Everyone thought I was a kook. Everyone on my wall, on my, my personal Facebook page wall was like, because at that, at that point, I didn't have many listeners to the podcast. So, and it, people who did listen were also like, there's no way that people on Twitter, people on other places, people in on, on groups that I had this discussion with were like, were calling me insane for thinking that three uh, Supreme Court nominations would take place during the next presidential term. People were calling me crazy for being worried about a rise in anti-Semitism that might take place under Donald Trump. And what happened? It happened. So another thing I wanted to talk about tonight is the fact that we are seeing, and ever since 10-7, we have seen an increase in this country in both anti Muslim attacks and anti-Semitic attacks, attacks against Jewish people. So, why do you think that is? Because people will are using these events as excuses to double down on their bigotry. I think I think anti-Islamic, anti-Muslim attacks have gone up like 200%, and then anti-Semitic attacks have gone up like 300%. And this kind of goes into the whole point where the other, back to the other video that I made about the topic where I said that Jewish people and Palestinians, Jewish people and Muslim people have to stand together against the oppressors. Because that's what ultimately I think their goal is, is that they want to shake up the wild hornet's nest. They want to shake up the jar of ants. There's that, there's that meme that goes around every once in a while where if like, if you have a jar with a hundred black ants and a hundred red ants that they'll leave each other alone. But if you shake the jar up, they'll all start killing each other. So like, the whoever whatever side you want to put whatever ant is and then the world shakes up the ants and then the jewish ants and the palestinian ants or the jewish ants and the muslim ants go attack each other whatever but i don't know if it's a perfect analogy but still you you have a bunch of the world who thinks that the jewish people are always going to be the bad guys you have a bunch of the world who thinks that muslims are always going to be the bad guys and now that you have a conflict between Israel and Hamas, you have those people who are thinking that either Jews or Muslims are always going to be the bad guys who are going to use this as an opportunity to go after either or both. And so we've seen 
increases in hate crimes against Jewish people. We've seen increases in hate crimes against Palestinian people, against Muslims. You had those three uh, people who were Palestinians walking along the street who got shot, uh, you know, home on a holiday. Uh, I think one of the parents of one of them was like, no, don't come home. You'll be safer where you are. And of course, the person didn't come home and got shot. And one of them might not be able to walk again. I mean, fortunately, none of them died, but one of them is never going to be able to walk again, potentially. I don't know about the other two. I haven't heard the condition of the other two. Um, I think the one that won't be able to walk in, his name is Hasham or whatever. Um, the two of them were wearing your, your, uh, the uh, scarf that is typically worn by uh, Palestinian folks. I forget the name. Sorry. Uh, but again, like, there's no reason for the attack other than, I mean, they're looking, they're investigating it as to whether or not it's a hate crime. It was a, clearly, it was a hate crime. There's, there's no way that that wasn't a hate crime. Whether they can prove that being unreasonable or not in a court, that's, that's up to a, the prosecution to be able to do, but you're not going to be able to convince me that that wasn't a hate crime. I, I, I'm, I, I will not be convinced otherwise. But this is why I'm saying that you know, the bigots are using this as an opportunity to go after both Palestinians, to go after Muslims, to go after Jewish people. This is why we all need to stand together. This is why we have to stop the infighting between Jewish people and Muslims, Muslim people. This is why we need to stand together against the people that would oppress both of us. Because it's bigger than us. But again, as, as I've said for a lot of things, the people who are the oppressors, the people who want to keep people marginalized, have the oppressed people, the marginalized people, fighting amongst each other. Because the more we fight amongst each other, the less likely we are to look up and be like, oh, they're the problem. So we need to do more looking up and, and fighting the real problem instead of fighting each other. Now, I don't think the guy that shot the uh, three uh, Palestinian guys, I don't think he was... Jewish. So I don't think that was an issue of the infighting, but we're doing so much, you know, blaming of each other over a lot of things when we should be coming together and standing together in solidarity against the people who are using this as an opportunity, who use the problems in the Middle East as an opportunity to rile things up and distract us from everything else. Like Netanyahu uses this to distract from his legal problems. Like, you know, the world uses this as an opportunity. Like Putin, I'm sure, loves the fact that we're all arguing over what's going on in Israel right now and not what's going on between Russia and Ukraine. Putin loves this right now. How much do you hear talk about Ukraine and Russia right now? A little, not as much as you had been. Why? Because we're all talking about what's going on between Israel and 
Hamas? Do you, do you not think that Putin has some reasons to to egg what's going on and have it continue to go on? No. Of course he does. Of course he has reasons to continue to want this to continue and to want to keep stirring up that hornet's nest. So it is, it is vital for all marginalized and oppressed people to stand together. And I am very tired of being treated as if because I appear to not be a marginalized and oppressed person because I look like, you know, white guy. Because I, I still am Jewish and the anti-Semites, the Nazis, the Klan folks, the people who hate me simply because I was born Jewish want me just as dead as they would want anybody else who they're bigoted against. You know, my white privilege goes away as soon as my Jewishness becomes relevant. Maybe because I don't, you know, look Jewish to most people, I get to hide it a bit, but I'm not silent about it, so I don't hide it that much. Which is why I use whatever privilege that I do have being a white guy shouting about the fact that we need to stand up and stand together as marginalized people and work together to fight the bigotry and intolerance of the oppressors. Because if we don't do it, they will continue to get away with their bullcrap. Excuse me. Wait, Wes just said in chat, I love tea. Meanwhile, I was just opening a iced tea. <laughs> Demonox, I love coffee. And Wes, I love tea. But to be able to, to, be able to enter a final plea. Anybody else want to continue that? So let's see, what was I saying? What, what have I missed out in my that rant? All right, so I did see Aaron telling Wes to get off her back. Yes, you should only be on Aaron's back if she consents to you being on her back. Um, do, 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 do. We had a guy Don Trump did nothing to stop COVID, a worldwide pandemic. F Trump is building ego. That's true. I don't know if Demonox said anything about the three college kids who just got shot in Vermont before or after I said it, but, you know, I was getting there. Um, 
Um, I think Biden has called out the hate crimes publicly. Um, do, 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 do. Block Biden comments hate crimes. Come on. Let's see if. President Joe Biden said Monday, while we are waiting for more facts, we know this, there is absolutely no place for violence or hate in America. President Joe Biden said he was horrified to learn that three 20-year-old college students of Palestinian descent were shot on the Sunday in Vermont. We join Americans across the country in paying for the full recovery. We send our deepest condolences to families. While we are waiting for more facts, we know this, there is absolutely no place for violence or hate in America, period. No person should worry about being shot at while going around to daily lives. And far too many Americans know a family member injured or killed as a result of gun violence. We cannot and will not accept that. Um, white man shot uh, college students Hisham Awardi, Kanan and um, Abdal Hamid, both U.S. citizens, and Tashin uh, Al Ahmad, a illegal U.S. resident, on the streets Sunday in Burlington, Vermont. Um, all, while three were wedding Awardi's family in Thanksgiving. Blah, 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 blah. Police said they're still investigating what motivated the shooting. I have not declared a hate crime, but police said the three men were speaking a mixture of English and Arabic at the time of the shooting. Um, the American Arabic Anti-Discrimination Committee has said uh, have reason to believe that the shooting was motivating by the three victims being Arab. Uh, three men are in the ICU are expected to survive, although Aratani, a student at Brown University, has spinal injury and will likely have a lifelong recovery ahead of him. In Biden's statement Monday, earlier today, I spoke to Burlington Mayor Mira Weinberger to offer my support. We are grateful to the Burlington Police Department as well as FBI, ACF, and other law enforcement partners for the work of identifying and arresting a suspect. Our administration will provide any other additional federal resources needed to assist the investigation. Um, so he dealt with it. He's talked about it. And I get one thing that he learned from Biden, though is remember when uh, Biden had to have that beer summit because um, because he called, was it, he called, he, he, he said something about uh, the police officer and the guy that was in the house or whatever, and, and that was, and he, and then he had to bring everybody together and, and he ended up having some egg on his face because he, he jumped to a conclusion that he, that maybe he shouldn't have jumped to and so he had to have that, quote, beer summit or whatever in the White House early on in his presidency. So it's probably why Joe Biden hasn't used the words, this is a hate crime yet, until they've labeled it a hate crime. But he's already spoken out about it. He's already said, you know, he's already condemned the shooting. He's already condemned the violence. And he's already offered his help and support of the federal government investigating uh, what went on. So... I'm not exactly sure what you're talking about. Um, Wes, I sang Hanukkah songs and my little Christians joined me in Jewish fervor. Did I say the wrong name, Tim? Did I say Biden instead of Obama? Did I say Biden did the beer summit instead of Obama? Or did I say somebody else? Did I say the wrong name? I probably misspoke. It's fine. Um, you got my point. You understood what I was talking about. 
All the eight carat candle rays joined to make a mighty blaze. It sounds like it doesn't. That doesn't sound like a song about uh, Hanukkah. It sounds. It sounds like a song about weed. <laughs> uh, let's see. Nielsen, I love the Democratic Party. No other party has passed so many good bills for the people. I mean, it's, that's you know, I did leave the Democratic Party for a while here in Louisiana because they they were they supported and endorsed unrepentant convicted felon Edward Edwards for Congress, um, and I said that I would leave the party if they did so, thinking that it was the um, a safe bet that they wouldn't endorse him, and they did anyway. And I was like, why are y'all stupid? But the Louisiana Democratic Party is stupid. But in Louisiana. You really don't have to be a, Demo- a registered Democrat to do anything except for vote in the Democratic presidential primary. And the Democratic presidential primary in Louisiana is so late in the season that usually the Democratic candidate is already picked by the time you get around in Louisiana. So then the only reason you have to be a, a registered Democrat in Louisiana is if you want to serve on the Democratic State Central Committee or one of their local parish executive committees. So there's really, you know, no reason or you have to be one, but I, I did decide to re-register at some point, but let's see. Where where was Biden before the shooting? All right. Alternate. Fact sheet. Biden-Harris administration takes action to address alarming rise of reported anti-Semitic and Islamic phobic events at schools and on college campuses. Uh, we can't stand by and stand silent in the wake of anti-Semitic and Islamic phobic statements, incidents. We must, without equivocation, denounce anti-Semitism. We must also, without equivocation, denounce Islamophobia. President Biden. This was uh, November 14th, 2023. The Biden-Harris administration is today announcing new actions and resources to address the alarming rise in reported anti-Semitic and Islamophobic incidents at schools and on college campuses since October 7th. Hamas attacks in Israel. These actions will help protect students, engage school and university leaders, and foster safe, supportive learning environments. The Justice Department has published an updated hate crimes threat response guide from the Federal Bureau of Investigations, yada, yada, yada. Department of Education is announcing that the National Center for Safe and Supportive Learning Environments uh, is releasing two collections of specialized resources to prevent anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, and related forms of discriminations, one for uh, P through 12 schools, the other for institutions of higher education. This week, senior ed leaders will host listening sessions with P through 12 school leaders and university leaders to glean key insights uh, from the field about how some schools are keeping students safe in the wake of the Israel-Hamas conflict. In addition, listening sessions with Jewish, Muslim, Arab, Palestinian, Sikh, and other students, educators, and staff are planned for the next few weeks. Ed will share notable examples of ways schools and campuses can prevent and address anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. Additionally, on December 6th, as Office of Elementary and Secondary Education will launch a webinar series to develop, strengthen, and share evidence-informed strategies to help schools prevent and respond to hate-based threats 
bullying and harassment. Uh, this week, the uh, USDA will host a webinar on best practices for counter- countering anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, and other forms of hatred on rural college campuses. The USDA is partnering with the Department of Education and Muslim and Jewish groups to host the webinar. Additional actions taken by the Biden-Harris administration to combat, combat anti-Semitism and Islamophobia at schools on college campuses include uh, DHS and DOJ have taken the following steps. Uh, they've disseminated public safety information and hosted calls with campus law enforcement as part of a broader outreach to state, local, tribal, and territorial officials to address the threat environment and share information about available resources. DHS has also shared relevant resources with campus partners nationwide as part of its continued outreach to campuses. DHS's Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, uh, CISA, has leveraged 10 regional field offices and their vast capabilities to conduct outreach and provide resources to K-12 and higher education institutions. On behalf of the U.S. Department of Education, HHS, Homeland Security, Justice, CISA continues to oversee schoolsafety.gov platform, which provides schools and districts with actionable recommendations. Site serves as a one-stop access point for information, resources, guidance, blah, blah, blah. On October 30th, the DOJ announced it is awarding over $38 million in grants to support the investigation and prosecution of hate crimes, increase hate crime reporting, expand victim services, improve community awareness. This includes $8 million in grants. Uh, to community-based organizations and civil rights groups, including awards uh, serving Jewish and Arab American communities. DOJ's community relations services continue to provide support on college campuses and remain in dialogue with Jewish, Muslim, Arab, and other impacted communities on college campuses nationwide. Ed has taken a number of steps to address prohibited forms of anti-Semitic and Islamic phobic discrimination under Title VI of the Civil Rights Act. On November 7th, Ed's Office uh, for Civil Rights released a new Dear Colleague letter reminding schools of their legal obligations under Title VI to provide all students, including students who are, who are or are perceived to be Jewish, Israeli, Muslim, Arab, or Palestinian, a school environment free from discrimination based on race, color, or national origin. Secretary Cardona has also cautioned that if schools violate those obligations, Ed has the authority to investigate and to take action, yada, 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 yada. Ed OCR also recently released an updated complaint form specifying Title VI protection and discrimination based on race, color, national organ extends to students who are or are perceived to be Jewish, Muslim, Hindu, or Sikh, or based on other shared ancestry or ethnic characteristics, making it easier for students or others who experience such discrimination to seek redress for it. Uh, Ed continues to offer technical assistance and webinars to school communities uh, on these applications of Title VI. Ed is sharing additional resources in this area, including a fact sheet. Ed also continues to offer information about uh, complaints, recently resolved complaints under Title VI, including complaints alleging discrimination based on shared ancestry or ethnic characteristics. That information is available here. So where was Biden administration before uh, the people were shot? They were working on this. So... um, I just, I mean, I I don't agree with you on this particular issue that the Biden administration has been doing nothing on this issue. The Biden administration has been out there working on this thing for a while now. Um, You know, that was November 14th, um, but... Let's see. Boo. 
That was on the 14th. Um, this is from the 30th of October. Um, the Biden administration is unveiling new actions Monday to combat anti-Semitism on college campuses after an alarming uptick in incidents since the Israel-Hamas war started in early October. Um, basically, I think this is let's see, Second Gentleman Doug Enhoff and Education Secretary Miguel Cardona will be meeting with Jewish organizations to discuss the issue of growing anti-Semitism. The White House will also highlight the Department of Education's Office of Civil Rights, update its complaint form. So this is basically them talking about um, what they would be doing. So, so what they did release in that press release on the 14th was not something that was started on the 14th. It was something that was in works since well before the 14th of November. It was, it was in the works since before October 30th. So anywho, so there's, there's plenty of evidence out there to show that President Biden has been working on these things well before um, and, and trying to be proactive instead of reactive uh, to the issues of anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, etc. Um, Let's SS were the ones who revealed all the secret documents that Trump was hoarding. Some could have endangered national security. I'm sure lots of them could have endangered national security. Um, see, Devinox, how long are we supposed to be told to be afraid of the other side and settle for a party that literally doesn't care if we die? I live in the bluest state there is. Trust me, Dems don't care either. I just, I mean, it's, I just can't agree with you again on that, on that one either, because you've got, like, look at COVID. Donald Trump lied about how much of a threat it was. He, he downplayed the threat to the public while telling Woodward that it was terrible. He outwardly in public in Tulsa said that he wanted to um, slow down the testing or stop the testing because if you have more testing, you have more cases uh, while killing Herman Cain. Um, you, uh, you know, he, he was literally responsible for hundreds of thousands of deaths, needless deaths of Americans. Had we had good testing from the start, granted the first test sucked. But had we invested in good testing and, and put lots of resources into testing at the very beginning, and we, if we would have done an aggressive testing pro program where we would have gone out and tested lots of people all over the place, 
from the start, we could have we could have avoided the mass shutdowns. We could have done things like targeted shutdowns. We could have like said, oh, here's an outbreak. Let's shut down this area and keep and, and shut down this one area while everyone else is you know normal. And, you know, or, or limited, but not as shut down as everywhere else. And let's 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 keep it less. We, we could have we could have not done drastic shutdowns. We could have done targeted shutdowns because, you know, but Donald Trump is more worried about optics. He didn't want to see the numbers. It's one of the reasons why I'm convinced that Donald Trump didn't bother actually catching people at the border, because the more people he caught at the border, the more people, the more people, the more you would be able to say, oh, there's more people crossing the border. Because what do we see now? Biden's actually catching people crossing the border. And what are the Republicans saying? More people are crossing the border. No, Biden's just catching them. The Biden administration is catching them. Trump wasn't catching them. Trump just probably had no problem letting them in. Because if he, catched, if he, if he caught them, then he'd have to be reported. So Trump didn't want to report, didn't want to catch them, because then he would he would look weak. Because according to him, he would look weak. Anyway, point being, when Biden came into office, Biden was like, "We're going to set a goal of a hundred thousand vaccines being distributed or whatever by this date." By was it July fourth? And he got 200,000 shots in arms or whatever by July 4th or whatever that number was. He doubled his goal, despite the fact that Donald Trump had no distribution method set up. They might have done Project Warp Speed. They might have gotten those uh, vaccines created, but there was no, nothing there to actually distribute them. Biden had to do that from scratch, but he got it done. He made sure that it got done. The idea that the idea that the Democratic Party is is the same as the Republican Party, the idea that the Democratic Party is somehow just a little less bad than the Republican Party is just not something I can embrace. Now, maybe and i'm just going to i'm just going to throw this out there i'm just going to throw this out there as as a possibility demonox for demonox maybe because you live in massachusetts i mean you do have you live i think in the rural more rural side so you maybe see some some of the, you know, more of the rednecky type of, of Republicans, but a lot of the, the Massachusetts Republicans are nowhere near the Republicans that we have down here in Louisiana. Like, Massachusetts Republicans are amateur hour compared to what we have down here in the South. Like, I mean, you can see on the news what the South creates and the South puts up as Republicans. Like, you know, frickin' Tuberville. Tuberville. 
from Florida representing Alabama. Like frickin' Johnson, Speaker Johnson or whatever. It's it's a whole different ball game. Like Republican like the Maryland Republican governor, Larry Hogan, would probably be a Democrat in Louisiana. John Bell Edwards, the Democratic governor, the outgoing Democratic governor of Louisiana, would probably be a Republican in Massachusetts. Because, well, you have some, you know, you have a large chunk of the Democratic debt down here that is, you do have some people who are leftist. You do have some people who, you know, who are, you know, a large chunk of the Democratic Party down here are, you know, minority voters. Most of, a lot of them are black voters. Uh, but you also have the situation of, you, you do have some of those, you know, conservatives that, like John Bell Edwards, who, you know, might be like, you know, pro, maybe pro-union, maybe maybe a blue-collar type of worker type person, supporting of blue-collar workers, maybe more populist, sort of, but like pro-life, anti-choice, supporting of, you know, some religious things that, you know, make us go, <clears throat> but we have to vote for him because the other option was David Vitter or, or Responi, who were <clears throat> even worse. But, like, if I was going to take Demonox's point of view, you know, of, of politics, like, I would have to, what, do I not vote for the guy that is going to win? Do I not vote for John Bell Edwards because, even though he, cause he sucks on abortion, because I let Vitter win? Like, now in, in Louisiana, it's a little different because, again, we have jungle primaries, open primaries, where in the in most cases, you can vote for the person that you really, really like in the, in the primary. And then if that person doesn't make the top two, you can then vote for the lesser of two evils in the runoff if that person, again, that you like doesn't make it. Um, but a lot of times that doesn't end up happening because a lot of times in the runoff, you don't have the turnout because a lot of people just don't show up because their guy didn't win. So they just are like, I'm not going to vote in runoff because I don't, I don't like either of these two people. So I'm not voting. That's not what I do. I vote almost all the time, pretty much all the time. But that's why we need instant runoff voting because if you had instant runoff voting, you could just go, okay, first choice, second choice, third choice, et cetera. But in states where you don't have that, or like in the presidential election, you know, you got to, you know, you, you sometimes are stuck. And in states, you know, in presidential election, when it comes to the awarding of electoral votes, it's first to the post. <coughs> so if you live in a state that matters, you have to judge your, a lot of times you'll have leftist type folks who will make the argument like Demonox is making. And I have a video about that, about the bucket art, like that makes the bucket argument. 
Like if you say, okay, let's say you have people, you have uh, 21 people in a room, walking into a room, and there's three buckets, and you have one bucket, and it's a, and it's a first of the post type election, and you have 10 Republicans, nine Democrats and two Green Party folks, right? Now, let's say you knew. And let's say everybody wore the shirt of the color that they were going to vote for when they came in. So you knew who everybody was going to vote for. Let's just say that. So you had you had the polling data. So you knew the polling data was available. You knew that the Republican was going to win if everybody voted for their shirt color. The argument made by some people is that like the people in the green shirts is that I don't owe the people in the blue shirts, my vote. The people in the blue shirts are terrible and I'm going to vote for the green shirt party because there, I don't see much of a difference between the, the red shirts and the blue shirts. So therefore, I'm just going to vote for my green shirts and let that be the end of it and let the chips fall where they may. But in reality, that does the most harm because the people in the red shirts are going to do the more harm to the to the marginalized and oppressed people than the people in the blue shirts. You might not like how the blue, you might, you might, your, your perfection may be the green shirts. Your green shirt people may be the best people out there for you. The green shirt people may be the best people for me. I might think that the green person is the green shirt person is the best person too. But in a first of the post situation, those green shirt people, if they wanted to do the least harm, would put their votes in the blue bucket and give eleven, make it eleven to ten, and let the blue shirts win. Not because the people in the green shirts owe their votes to the people in the blue but because the people in the green shirts owe their votes to the marginalized and oppressed people. Let me say that again. There is no person in the Democratic Party that deserves, that deserves your vote. There's no politician that deserves your vote. No politician deserve, deserves your vote without making an argument for it. Not. No politician is owed your vote. Period. So, so whenever I'm saying that you should vote for blue in states that matter, I'm not saying that because politicians are owed your vote. I'm saying that marginalized and oppressed people are owed your vote in states that matter. Again, Massachusetts. Massachusetts is a situation where it's like you've got 15 blue shirts and maybe three green shirts and 10 red shirts. So I don't care. Put all your votes in the green bucket. Cool. Because the blue is going to win anyway. 
I'm not worried about it. But in the other states, I am worried about it. Because, again, Biden is not the person who is owed the vote. It's the marginalized and oppressed people who are owed the vote. It's the people... I see... Oh, I see you, caller. I see you just called in, so I'll get you. I'll get you in a second. But you just called in, so I just saw you. See, Demonox. If everyone who knew the green bucket was better but are told to be afraid to put in the green bucket with blue bucket people, then the blue bucket people are, are actively harming us too. Well, then the green bucket people have to do a better job of telling, of proving to everybody that the green bucket people are the better bucket. And that's the thing with the green bucket people. The green bucket people don't do a good job doing it. Why? Because when the green bucket people run for president, for example, they don't, they, they're not starting from the bottom up. They're starting from the top down. They don't run. They're not try, They don't have like people running in every every race. They they have it started from the ground up. They're trying to run a president without having a ground game underneath that presidential candidate. They're trying to run a presidential candidate without people running for senate or house underneath them. They're trying to run a president without having a ground game to be people to run the local district areas to have people to run. To, to have people who, without people who are sitting on school boards and, and city council seats and state legislatures and to get to spread that word and to prove to people that those green bucket ideas are better ideas than the blue bucket ideas. So if you can't prove to, if you haven't proved to people that the green bucket ideas are better then the blue bucket ideas, why would anybody believe it? No, I'm not telling everybody I'm not telling everybody to be afraid of the green bucket. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying, and I'll get to you, I'm getting gonna get to you, caller. What I'm saying is that in states that matter and that's a, that's a big caveat for president. Because I'm fine. Again, want to vote for want to vote for the green bucket in California or in Louisiana or Mississippi or Alabama or Utah or Kansas or Dakotas or South Carolina. I don't give a crap. That doesn't matter to me because again, it, it'll help. That Green Bucket Party, let's just say it's the Green Party, it'll help that party potentially get presidential matching funds, so maybe they can be more competitive if they want to be in the future, if they want to get their word out, whatever. Fine. I'm fine with that. But they're not, at this point in time, in, in the 2024 election, Unless there's a major shift in the thoughts and minds and hearts of the American people, no third-party candidate is going to win 
the only way that a third-party candidate is going to have any effect on the election is to be a spoiler. Ross Perot got like, what, 30% of the vote maybe in one of the elections and never got a single electoral college vote. I think the second election he got less of a percentage, but like I looked this up before, but like the last time a third party candidate got a single electoral college vote was a ridiculous amount of time ago. Like that's just one. I want to say like it was maybe in the 40s or 50s maybe that maybe you had a third party candidate get get a get win a state or two maybe but that's because you, you had like a fracturing of a party So when you had a fracturing of the party, then you're going to have a party, you're going to have multiple parties winning multiple seats. And here's the other thing to consider. Our system is so broken. Our system is so messed up in how it, how it, how it wins. Let's say a third party candidate manages to win a couple states. Let's say that happens. So let's say... Robert Kennedy Jr. manages to win like Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. And then let's say neither Joe Biden or Donald Trump gets 270. Right? Let's say that happens. What happens at that point? The House of Representatives picks the president. But a lot of people don't realize, and I'm sure most of you do because you're informed, intelligent people. A lot of people don't realize that the way that it's picked is not a, it's not a vote where every single person in the house gets to vote and the person with the most votes wins. It's every state delegation votes and the person who wins a majority of the states wins. So if you like, so, all of California's you know people get together, all 55 of them or 53 of them or however many it is, they all vote and they pick Joe Biden, right? And then the one person from Wisconsin votes for Trump. That's worth the same in this choice. So even if a third party candidate is able to pick up a couple of states, if it forces the election to go to Congress, Donald Trump wins. So why would then people who don't want to see Donald Trump as president throw their vote to a third-party candidate in states that matter when all that does is make it more likely that Donald Trump will be our next president. Especially when that third party candidate is not running enough of a ground game in the, um, 
in, in, all, in, in the Congress to be able to win states. It's one of the reasons why, like, I was, I was assuming – one of the things that I thought about was, like, Donald Trump didn't even win, need to win the Republican primary if he didn't want to. He could have he could have let to, he could have just run third party and just register in all the in all the states as a third party candidate and then send it to the house and then would have and then just have enough people in Cong- have enough congressmen available who support him in each state to have him win 26 states and then that's it then he wins cuz he would he he wouldn't even need to win the most states he could win the least states as long as he's top three it's nuts it's a nuts system it's a crazy system that's rigged for the republicans as at the moment the system is rigged to benefit the republicans which is why we can't afford to risk throwing votes towards parties in the presidential election that can't win in states that matter. Wes, what am I worrying about that will never be? What do you think that will never be that I'm worrying about? Because again, I've worried and I've been right. I've predicted and I've been right. Anyway, I think this is Khalil. Hey. What's going on, man? Nothing much. Um, good to, good to I, hear um, from you. Yeah. I um, was wondering, um, what would you think about a situation where we federalize or internationalize law enforcement? where there's more oversight than just the state, maybe under the federal or international government like the United, like the United Nations Police, the FBI? Let's see. Um, I don't think it would ever fly simply because there's too many conservatives right now that would be like, no, especially with international internationalization of it. Um, I don't know if even I would want internationalization of it. Um, I do think that there should be some federal oversight, more federal oversight of all law enforcement. And I think that could be done under the, under the terms of the 14th amendment uh, when it comes to like equal protection clause, equal protection of the law, uh, making sure that, you know, law enforcement does the right thing under the equal protection clause. Um, under the 14th amendment by the powers given to Congress by that. Uh, so. Cause I've had a problem um, with the one. Law, sorry, sorry for cutting you off. No, no, go ahead. I've had a problem with one law enforcement officer. Uh, this is my second time having a problem with him. I had a problem with him before. So I reported him to the chief and the chief talked to him sternly. But then the second time I, uh, he, um, came in with the wrong attitude. See, I have autism and I get CIT trained officer. And the wrong one came in and he wasn't nice at all. But then to a guy, then with, with this man that was trespassing at a, uh, at a post office, the, um, 
police officer, that same police officer was nicer, and the only reason he was probably nicer was either he was on camera, not just his body cam, but the post office camera, the camera that the guy had, and he was around a bunch of officers. But I talked to his boss, and his boss didn't seem interested. So I'm going to the chief, because the chief seems like he's more, he's more hands-on. With um, He seemed like he's a good guy. He seemed like he wouldn't try to make an excuse for the officer. Well, I mean, I would be rather impressed with the fact that, that they're not thin blue lining it and that they're actually taking taking steps to, to make sure that you're not treated badly. So, I mean, kudos on that person if they're actually doing the right thing about that and not just turning a blind eye to bad behavior on the parts of the cops. So, holy crap. Um, but, I mean, like... One of the problems that I had, like, a lot of the things that conservatives often like to say is that local governance is better uh, because local governance, um, local government will know the needs of the local communities better. Um, and as such, we'll be able to have, like, different laws based off of the needs of the different like, communities. We'll also make comments like, you know, States can be like little like sandboxes or, or little, you know, experiments in democracy where you could try certain things out or whatever. And while there's maybe a little bit to what they're saying with that, my problem with that idea is that the more local the government is, the more likely that government is to harm you. Like, you know, when it comes to like, you know, one of the worst forms of quote government is like homeowners associations, like those little tyrannies that form up and like you know you have these little fiefdoms there were people come in and they bully homeowners and oh you can't paint your house that color you can't put that flag up at this time of day and you can't have this on your yard at this time and it, oh you didn't cut your yard so you're fined x amount of money or whatever like like <clears throat> i can't, i would never be a part of a homeowners association and that's like the closest form of governance that you can have so like to me you always need, at some point, a higher form of government, at some point, that's going to be able to step in to, to protect you from the closer form of government. And Well, that stops at some point, because what's higher than the federal, I don't know. I don't necessarily believe that the United Nations would be able, should be able to come in and trump the federal government, but you do have the – you should be able to have – like once you get to the federal government level, that should be that should be like be the umbrella that like basically comes in and has the ability to squash any disenfranchisement of rights that are done by local level of governments. But that's the problem with conservatives is that a lot of the time, like conservative politicians, they want the ability to be able to disenfranchise people at the local level because that's why they want local governance is because they want to be able to do all the bad things at the local level and they don't like when the federal government gets in the way of that. So right. I'm all for federal government oversight of many of the things, especially law enforcement that can affect individual rights. So yeah, cause I, thought about that. I also thought about changing it around, not only like federalizing law enforcement, but also privatizing construction. Because there's a lot of wasteful construction, too. 
I don't know. Like if you privatize construction, like a lot of the times, like, like if you have a, if, I mean, a lot of times construction is privatized in that, yes, you have uh, like a federal grant, but a lot, most of the time it's, it's, it's usually a, a private company doing the work and they usually, they're usually going out and then usually, they usually put a bid in for the, for the grant or you, cause usually what happen is like the, the funds go to the States, the States will then put out the, put out, you know, money for the bids. And then the person with the lowest bid who's qualified to do the work will get the work. So I'm not sure how many local, I'm not sure how many governments will do the work on construction beyond like street repairs and stuff like that. I'm not sure how many, I'm not sure how many governments do actual infrastructure work above and beyond like repair, like more some simple repairs. So I'm not sure about that. I'd, ha- I'd probably have to look in- into that more just to see if I'm wrong. I'm, 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 again, as I say before, I'm always willing to admit that I'm wrong at some point. But, um, but yeah. So, um, but but yeah, I, I think most of the work that is done is done by the private sector. I don't know how much more privatized you could get without having it be the private sector actually building things like the bridges and the roads. And then at that point you be, you get into, well, then who can access the roads? And at that point that becomes problematic okay. because you don't want, you don't want people, private businesses to be able to say, well, well, you can't come on this road. This is my road. So that that's, that's the problem with it. So the only reason I was saying that, but I'm, I'm looking into it is because Charlottesville, we, they don't take care of the roads. But they take they're constantly building things in my town that we don't need. Like they're constantly building hotels and high price apartments. I'm, I have nothing against the hotel, but when you look at cities like DC and maybe even a city like New Orleans, they do more than just build hotels. And even when they build them, they they build other things and they work on the roads too. But Charlottesville, I'm I, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I gotta laugh. Our roads suck. Our roads suck so bad. I'm so, I don't mean to laugh at you, but it's just funny. It's, our roads are so terrible. Like it, they're doing some work on the roads, and we did get some grant money, like after, like after Katrina, so to, to work on some of the roads. But one of the reasons our roads are so bad is because they used to tie federal funding for roads to whether or not you agreed to have the drinking age being 21. And until um, 1995, is that right? No, 1997. Um, 1997, May 1st, 1997 is when they changed the law here to make the drinking age 2020, to, to make the age drinking age 21. Until then, it was still 18, at which point, was cause, so we were not getting funding for roads, at which point, so we had some really crappy roads, and we've been catching up a lot since then. Um, but yeah, our road, we have a lot of crappy roads here in, in New Orleans. So, um, but yeah, we we and, and and there's a lot of things too. Like we have, for example, like in Louisiana, most of our bridges, like are rated were rated like C or D. 
it, as it as it pertains to how they're rated, like you know, safety-wise. The only one that was rated like an A was the one that was collecting tolls up until 2020, 2012, um, at which point the citizens voted to not renew the tolls because they made it stupid and didn't include funding for the ferries and it's a whole long big rigmarole and there was a whole big mess because they actually voted to keep the tolls, but then a stupid lawsuit threw the entire election out. Um, it was really dumb. But... Sorry, I have one but, more question. Different. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was in uh, the Firefly in my town. There were two. There was a man and a woman coming from out of town, and um, they were drinking alcohol. And they had a bulge in their jacket pocket, and um, basically they had they had a big black briefcase on the table, and a picture of them was on Facebook Firefly, but they took it off. I was told that that sounds like a, a criminal investigator because they had a big black briefcase and they were from out of town. They were dressed in suits. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea about that. So, but I was just big... wondering if, if do you know um, what do you know about uh, black briefcases itself? I I wouldn't know uh, on that particularly. No, so. Unless it was like Marcellus Wallace's one from Pulp Fiction. Uh, anyway. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was just trying to go for the for the movie reference. So, anywho, um, first I do want to say caller um, area code eight one five. If you do want to call in, a raise your hand, hit one, and b mention in the chat who you are, just so I know it's us. Okay. So, okay, we'll get to you in a second. Um, so, anything else, Khalil? No, I'm going to get off. I cool. appreciate well, it. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for calling in. Good to talk to you. Since I had a week off, uh, you have a great one. You too. Bye. Bye. All right. Here's here's Wes. How you doing, my friend? Good, buddy. How you doing? I'm hanging in there. I don't see your fingers moving, but I really think you are ex-Demonox, or else your wife is? Do you have your wife next to you typing for you? I do not, no. She she usually does not participate much in the podcast. She uh, she 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 agrees with – me and my wife agree on most, if not everything, political – but she herself is not engaged as engaged politically as I am. She would she would absolutely not be taking uh, two and a half hours or three hours of her time to to sit and chat and and be be Brian. <laughs> so no. Well, God you, bless her. But ex Demonox has a wrench. Yes. That, well, I gave Demonox a wrench. A, he's the first Liberal Day and Radio patron. Um, he's he is one he is one third or one fourth, I guess, of Voltron when we formed Voltron. And I gave him the wrench so he could share the link to his to his uh, Twitch channel to make it easier. Um, so, yeah. No, that, no, that's... don't get me wrong. I love that son of a bitch. <laughs> I really do, but. 
Yeah, he is he is being really cool. He is making your live chat so exciting tonight. Well, I mean, usually it's somebody from the right. Back and read it later. I, well, I, I, I've I've been seeing what what's been going on, and I've been responding to some of it. That's one of the things about you know usually it's it's uh usually it's uh, Gibson that's keeping things all riled up in the chat today. It's Demonox doing it from the other side, yeah. doing it from the left, and that's fine, you know. But Demonox has been a good supporter of the show from day one, and I'm I'm happy to have him. And we disagree on on some things, and that's fine. You know, we agree oh, on a lot him. more things. We love him. We love him so much we want to fuck him. But anyway, okay. <laughs> do you understand about Portland and the teachers? What about Portland? I think the- they have their teacher strike settled. And I think it might be at, not wonderful, but it was better than conceding for the teachers. Huh. So yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah Portland teacher strike ends after more than three weeks. The the liberals, uh I don't like the word liberal. I I hate the word liberal. It is sounds so stupid because it if you look up the definition it means something about liberty and justice for all. No, I'm I'm lying. Lib universal liberty is what we should all be striving for, right? Well, my original blog used to be lj4a.com, which which stood for liberty and justice for all. But then that just I just let that uh I just let that go. But um. Let's see. But yeah, let's see. The strike, uh, the tentative deal includes a six, let's see, includes a 6.25% raise for employees in the first year of the contract, followed by 4.5% and 3% raises in subsequent years. Uh, This is about in the middle of what the district had offered and what the union had asked for at the start of the strike. The strike was drawn attention to the public. Hey, Elizabeth, what's going on? Good to see you. Um, Statistics sums up 11 days of missed instruction, uh, extended stoppage, which put pressure on families and educators, blah, 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 blah. But, yeah, so good for the teachers. They seem, they seem to get what they wanted. Pharmacist. So what, pharmacists, they what? They can't get enough pharmacists at Walgreens, and they pay them well. But there just are not enough. Well, they they shut down. it was it was so weird like we used to have like the Walgreens like they they opened up a Walgreens right next to right close to our house and then Walgreens bought out Rite Aid and then they closed down both the Walgreens and the Rite Aid that was near our house so now the one Walgreens has to handle the load of three and it's been crazy so. Mm-hmm. All right, Wes, I'm going to put you on mute a second because yep. Demonox is calling in. Oh, so hold on. Fine, buddy. You don't – I'll hang up. I love you, Butch. And you know that I don't care how Jewish you are. I'm Christian, I think, but 
you know, I'm not devoted to it all. I love you all and go away. Bye-bye. Love you too, Wes. All right, here we go. We got Demodox on the line. Um, uh, Wes wants to fornicate with you, Demodox. (laughs) Yes, you are not my wife. Yes. I'm totally your wife. Um, There's one thing that you probably might know that I don't know. See, like, I'll, I have all this information that swirls in my head, and that's part of the problem. That's why I sometimes, like, sounds dumb, but I know my brain is smart. Like, ask me ask me why Elon Musk is terrible. I can think of a billion things all at once. Tons of examples that ask me to call out one. I can't call out one because, like, my brain's just trying to think of them all at once. Um, and yeah. I get the same problem with, like, things I like about Biden and things I hate about Biden. And, like, it's a, a constant back and forth as to which one is more. Um, but that's with every president we've ever had, so don't feel too bad. I'm never happy. Um, <laughs> but I do have one question for you, because Jolie brought up a point uh, that I thought I had for a point. But is the minimum wage a contributing factor to the disability insurance? Because I know I live in Massachusetts, and they calculate the health connector, what I qualify for health based off the federal minimum wage. In Massachusetts, the minimum wage is 15 an hour. If I make a minimum wage and I work 40 hours a week, I am above the federal poverty level, and therefore I qualify for a reduced rate, which means I can't afford health insurance. In fact, this year, I couldn't afford my blood sugar medicine because they wanted me to pay 300 something a month plus the blood sugar medicine because I made more than you know three times the federal poverty rate. And I'm like, but that's not enough to pay rent. And I thought that disability was also calculated off of that. I know a lot of our things are, and that's why I'm mad that that minimum wage federally has not gone up. Raising job wages doesn't help people who need social support systems, because those social support systems are based on federal minimum wage, not state minimum wage, and that's a travesty. Um, But I... All I'm seeing is correlation between minimum wage and Social Security, and I thought somebody told me once or about, I thought that I read somewhere that Social Security and disability are based off of the current federal minimum wage, and that's how they calculate. But I might be wrong on that, and you might know that one. Um, I don't know it off the top of my head, um, but I think it's based off uh, just like um, just like I think your regular social security, I think it's based on your, what your average earning was before you became disabled. Yeah. So, I, I know it's that, the way they, they calculate child benefits, but like the, the basis that that number is off of, like my other half gets 800 a month. We're in Massachusetts, 800 a month. If the, we were to break up, uh, that wouldn't even be enough for half of a one bedroom apartment, let alone food and stuff. So, and it hasn't increased. And like, that's really weird. But like, I feel like that 700, 800 or 600, like, I thought part of that was based off of minimum, but I could be wrong on that. I do know that like a lot of other benefits, things that uh, I rely on, that we rely on, stuff has to be in my other house name, like the heat and electricity, because you get a small, tiny percent discount if you're on disability or you're disabled, tiny percent discount. 
we don't qualify for fuel assistance because in a three-family household with three people, two workers and one disabled, barely able to afford rent, both, you know, me and my roommate have, like, teeth basically falling apart because we, we have dental insurance but can't afford the co-pays. We barely afford to live while working multiple jobs. We don't qualify for fuel assistance because it's based off of, you know, our percent over the poverty rate. And the poverty rate is calculated by federal minimum wage. And if we don't get a president that demands a higher federal minimum wage, you can't count on corporations to do the right thing. You can't count on them to pay for our health insurance or any of that stuff. That's why we need a federal minimum wage that is way higher because right now, I can't even afford to live, basically. And with a federal minimum wage being so far low, it's, it ain't going to change. And that's a problem. I mean, I, I, I absolutely agree with you that we need to raise the minimum wage for federal minimum wage for various reasons on top of, um, on top of that reason. Um, I don't and you might be able to find something that I thought I read once, and I can't find it ever again. So maybe it wasn't a real article. Now, and that's the problem with today's news is that there's so many, there's so much crap from both sides that it's like just fake, fake, fake. So sorting it through and even stuff that seems legitimate. But I thought there was an article that when Biden first got in, he met with like the leaders of like McDonald's and all these corporations, and basically said, "Don't worry." It's not going up. Yeah, they brought their concerns of minimum wage going up under him. And he's like, don't worry, not happening. But now I can't find that article anymore. So now, now I'm not so sure if that was real or not. That's, yeah, I don't. Um, I'm not able to find anything on that. I don't think. I think. I think it's just. I think there's just a cutoff on how much you make which might yeah disqualify you for disability benefits um but not necessarily which is of course another problem because god forbid we try to make enough money to live um you know, they're like, oh, you're not disabled anymore. No, 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 no. People still disabled in this house. Right. Which yeah. is one of the reasons why but, I've always talked about how we definitely need to re reformulate or refactor, to use a computer language, uh, how we uh, how we calculate um, uh, how we calculate benefits that are that are received from the government, and so that earning a dollar more of uh, income doesn't doesn't reduce your earnings by a dollar or more of benefits. So there's never a... Yeah, like you earn a dollar, they take five away. It's like, wait, Right. So there's, so there's never a disincentive to earn an additional buck. So you should always have an yeah. incentive to earn a dollar more. Um, like, you know, maybe earning a dollar might, might cut you, cut a benefit off by like a quarter or something like that. So that, so you're still gaining... 75 cents of net income. So we need like a UBI basically, which is also, a, I'm a huge fan of AI as a tool. Um, I'm an artist, but I also think AI is great when used properly. But every argument I see is people like, Oh, they're taking jobs away. Corporations are using AI to take artists jobs away. It's like, 
yeah, but automation is taking everyone's jobs away. That's an automation problem, and we live in a country without a UBI. <laughs> that's not AI. That's corporations. Right. And We've always had an automation problem. Like, yeah, we always, no matter what. Like the manufacturing, you know, the printing press, you know, took away jobs. The, you know, assembly lines took away jobs. Like lots, lots of things. All, all automation always ends up taking away jobs. So, and there's, we should there's, strive to a society where we don't have to work. If we all had all of our needs met—food, water, shelter, housing, and all that stuff—let's pretend all of that was met. People are like, "Oh, then nobody would work." No, no, no. We will. We would work because I like having stuff. I, I like having Xbox and games, and I can't get Xbox and games if my food, shelter, and health is taken care of. I still need to earn money to get that. See, Silly Walker goes, taking jobs away, unemployment never lower. Well, unemployment's never lower, but sometimes it's hard to judge with that because you can have lower – your un, the unemployment, unemployment rate can, can drop without a single person getting hired because the way the unemployment is calculated is if – is if somebody stops getting unemployment benefits and they're considered to have stopped looking for work, even though they're just no longer collecting benefits, so they're they're not considered as part of the workforce. So it it. Oh yeah, Connecticut lost all their benefits because of that. Yeah, so so there's there's that issue, um, but yeah, no, I mean the Biden administration can tout that they're having a, a record, they're having great. I mean, but everybody uses the same numbers. So considering the fact that everybody's using the same numbers and the same formulas, Biden, Biden's unemployment rate is, is doing pretty darn good. Um, when we were supposed to have a recession this year, and that never happened. Um, so there's that. But the thing is, is that in, in the long run, you know, automation does take away jobs. And yeah, we should have a UBI. One of my arguments uh, is that instead of because a lot of times people will argue, well, if you increase the minimum wage to like 15, let's say from 750, uh, then you're going to hurt small businesses. And usually my argument is, well, if you can't, you, you don't have the right to have a business. Uh, if you can't afford to pay somebody, maybe you don't, maybe you shouldn't be opening a business in the first place. But then the other side of that coin could be, well, let's do it this way then. Instead of increasing the minimum wage, let's just put in a UBI to cover the other half. Where the UBI is, you know, covers the, you know, whatever, like 200 bucks a week or whatever for, you know, that everybody gets. And then you change the tax rate to make it so that at some point in the in your income earnings that you no longer benefit from it because your the tax rate has changed so that, you know, people making X amount a year don't don't see the difference. <laughs> but anybody less than that can still say, OK, well, even if I'm not employed. I'm still having money coming in and then someone and then but people who are earning minimum wage can say okay well now I'm you know doing twice as good as I was and also people who might who who are trying to go for a minimum wage job can now say well I don't have to take this job right now I can wait for a better offer and it'll give the people who are taking those lower end jobs more of a uh, ability to be able to negotiate for a better salary and then you might be able to have some real negotiations and you'll be able to see what the real value of labor is and not have, you know, demand that is price inelastic uh, to use technical economic jargons. So, anywho. 
But I'm sorry I wasn't able to give better information on the on the SSDI things because throwing off an assumption on there, but um, that is one of the things where it's like, if I don't know the thing, I will ask. I do know that there are many reasons why raising the federal minimum wage is more important than creating more higher paying minimum jobs, because there are so many people who can't get those jobs, who don't get those jobs, who don't qualify for those jobs, who it doesn't matter if the average salary goes up, they can never, ever pull out of the debt or the poverty or the whole, unless the federal minimum wage also goes up, and and that's a problem. And as much crap and if you can't pull out, you end up having more kids, and that just costs you more money. Yeah, and despite all the crap I give Biden, I will say I don't care about his unemployment numbers because unemployment, like you said, is basically a, a meaningless thing. It's just how many people don't qualify. I care about the overall job growth market. And uh, one thing that they didn't do under Biden that they did under Trump was skipping months. So Trump showed those explosive job growth numbers, but they didn't show the numbers right beforehand or after, before each one of those months. So they, they had plummeted to historically low numbers that had never been seen before. Right. Yeah, he had great job growth after that because anything is better than a negative. Uh, whereas Biden's job growth is definitely slower than Trump's, it has at least been consistent which is still good. I give him crap, but that's still good. So. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I've given him crap too. I just give him much less crap than you do. <laughs> Cause... Well, yeah, but I'm never happy. Right. I live to complain, but I am entertaining, despite what Jolie says, I'm the funniest person on here within a three-inch radio of myself in, in the real world. It's your show. You get to be the funny man. Yes. True. Okay. Um, well, I need to go finish some more graphic work, but I just want people to know, like, I'm not actually angry. I'm just very excitable uh, and very divergent. So, uh, not all. Thanks for having me on, Dan. And uh, yes, Wes, I'm. I am. I am Dan's wife. Absolutely, can't you tell? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've never seen you in a dress, though. You might. You might. You might. You might fill in a dress very, very, very nicely. We'll, we'll see. You might you might you might step out of the dress very nicely too. You never know. I definitely I'm a never nude. <laughs> that's, that's All right. Nice. Have a good night. All right. Bye. Oh geez, Wes. No one need. We don't need to know about that. We've already talked about your priapism before. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> I like boring Toyotas, but so does everyone else. Um, I do have I do have a Toyota. I've had a Toyota since uh, almost 11 years now, I think. I've had my van for almost 11 years. Wow. Uh, is that you still on hold again? You called back in, Wes? Dan, making my gutter mind flare up again. That's what I do. Sorry, have to quote Obama again. We'll we'll bring bring West back on again. Hey, I think I'm here. Am I here? You're here. Yes. Hey, bud. I am good, and so are you. And there is no such thing as liberal. I hate to tell you, 
but it it's just that you're a human being who has feelings about stuff, you know, and it has to do partly with the way you were raised, the way you're nurtured, but it also has to do with your nature. Okay. And it has to do with the psychology of the way you were raised. But I think and that, you know, I, th- I think I'm, that a lot of people are raised in a certain way. A lot of people are raised in other ways. And a lot of people were raised to have empathy and, 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 and have thoughts and considerations for other people and how they feel. And there are other people who are raised to be selfish, bigoted asshats. And, well, we tend to throw labels on those people. And oftentimes those labels seem to fit like a glove and not OJs. Exactly. But, you know... I've I've written and said everything about this before, but I was raised by two seminarians. My mom and my dad were both were both Jesus freaks. Right. And I had I had no choice. They were also Republicans. <laughs> you you don't believe me when I say I was born a poor Republican child, but I really was. <laughs> I was. I I can't help it. It's the way I was born and raised. I half expected you to to quote Steve Martin there from. Uh, I was born a poor black child. <laughs> I was, and. And I'm not a Jesus freak, but for 27 years, you understand how long 27 years is? Oh, yeah. I was a Christian professional musician. I was the minister of music at a church. You You were the male Amy Grant? Yeah, Amy Grant. I I never liked that woman, and I know I respect her, but if you make a show of your religion before men, it is perhaps a sin. I don't know. Anyway. I'm sorry. That's fine. Anyway, Amy Grant, Amy Grant is okay. But she sold out big time, and that's okay, too, because we all need to make money, right? (laughs) Exactly. Just like real big fish sell out. The record company is going to give you a bunch of money, and everything's going to be just fine. So, anywho, Aaron is turning into a pumpkin. Pumpkins. So, who's, who's... It's midnight. Is it midnight? It is it's almost 10. midnight. So and yeah, I, I, it's, getting, it's about it's about that time for me to end the show. So thank you, Wes, for calling in. I'm going to end the show soon, but appreciate you. Love we you. Love you, Danny boy. Have a good one. And Aaron is turning into pumpkin. And. Hey.
Jeff All right. is good night, buddy. Turn me off right. anytime you want. I'm not turning you off. All right, man. I'll just stay here forever. <laughs> well, if, if Wes talks more about his priapism, it might turn everybody off. But anyway, um, one announcement before we end the show. Um, normally, I do my nerdy damn thing on Thursdays. But because I missed last Thursday and there's some things I need to do before midweek, I'm going to be doing a Nerdy Dance stream tomorrow instead of Thursday. So this week's Nerdy Dance stream will be tomorrow. Um, I will be on Wednesday as well, as always. Remember, I have hit the subscription uh, requirement of 500 in order for me to get the partner status for the new expanded partner level, but I do need more watch hours i need to increase that total by 350 ish maybe um so if any of y'all um you know just share videos watch videos if you can um go to if 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 you have the bandwidth to do it if you have the data plan to do it if it's not going to kill your data plan just you know Turn it on when you go to sleep. Turn on a three-hour video like I have plenty of three-hour videos. Rewatch this one. Go find my Living Life as a Fat Person video. Go find – I have plenty of ones that are probably ones that are even longer than three hours. Um, there's the ones about Roe v. Wade or getting overturned. There are two of them that probably lasted over three hours. Um Put that on. You probably put it on, you know, if you want to put it on closed caption or whatever and, and lower the volume or whatever, just just let it go and then go to sleep. You don't have to watch it. Just let it run. And that might get me there sooner than later. I might have to do it with my Nerdy Dan account too. Who knows? Anywho. Um, so, yeah, Nerdy Dan on Twitch tomorrow night, 7 p.m. I'll probably do it 7 p.m. Central instead of 8. Um, so I'd like to start early to be able to get the um, – to get that first uh, Rocket League tournament thing. Anywho, so this is the end of this week's episode of Liberal Dan, of the, today's episode of Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right. Again, I will be on tomorrow at Twitch, twitch.tv slash nerdydan.com. Uh, remember, share videos, like, subscribe, comment, uh, get those algorithms up and running, get your friends to watch some videos. I'm almost to the point where we can start getting super chats and, and, and memberships going. So once that happens, I'll be very excited. Yay. Um, we're almost there. We almost did it. And, and, and it's y'all who have helped me get there. And I'm really appreciative of y'all for helping me get there. We're almost there. So just a little bit more. Till Wednesday. Till tomorrow for Twitch. Till Wednesday here. This is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. <laughs>